Hey, hey y'all. y'all. And welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast, where we bring you a not-so-healthy dose of humor and reality as we get our hands dirty with some serious nostalgia and question everything. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey y'all. It's Misty, and on today's D&D session, I will be playing Jazara Telena, and as well, I will be your DM. It's Aaron, and I am playing Asha Kel. It's Ani, and I am playing Valkaria Nikor, the pest. <laughs> <laughs> the pest is her official title. Uh-huh. Uh, I, outside of D&D. <laughs> <laughs> fair point, fair point. Um, I am a devil. All right. I'm going to do a little recap for everyone, because uh, it's been a hot minute since we sat at the table. So on our last session, our party found their way out of the Underdark and into the bright new world of the surface of Exandria, where they walked through snow, much to uh, Valkaria's distaste. She got very cold. And... While walking around, they encountered some critters, most of which left them all alone. And, of course, when they went to sleep for the night, they encountered um, uh, the party encountered a critter they could not identify that hissed at them multiple times and then decided it wanted to take a nap on top of Valkaria, which it did for the rest of the night. And despite both Asha and Jezara's best efforts, they could not wake her. So when she woke up in the morning, she had a mysterious critter sleeping directly on her face. And, uh, well, actually, it was on her chest, but it decided to poke her in the face uh, after it w- uh, was woken up and then proceeded to make a very dramatic but prompt exit afterwards. After that, the party managed to wander themselves into a graveyard and party crash a funeral. So that was fun, where they discovered the mayor or founder, I guess of a very small town known as Pale Bank Village. There they encountered uh, Elro, who told them that the funeral they crashed was for his former friend, Ergon, who had caught a strange disease that was slowly freezing him solid and eventually killed him. Elro asked for their help when he mentioned the fact that others in the village he believed were infected as well. The party went and investigated Ergon's cabin, which then led them to a rather, mm, I was going to say mischievous, but more just like a piece of shit person uh, (laughs) known (laughs) as Telgi, uh, who then proceeded to tell them uh, about how she stole uh, some of the artifacts that Ergon had recently found out in the crash of Aeor on one of the islands of Isilcross. And, At some point, one of those items infected her with the disease that had killed Ergon and was slowly freezing her as well, after being extremely uncooperative uh, and very abrasive. The party, despite trying to heal her, could not, and eventually they had to take their leave looking for investigations in other areas. And currently, the party is on their way to Pelk's Curiosities where the items from the from Ergon were originally stolen. You are accompanied by Elro and the uh, very young, recently promoted ranger uh, known as Mila. And the five of you are on your way to 
uh, Pelk's curiosities as Ergon has the ability to let you in there because the current owner of the store, uh, Verla Pelk, has not been seen for a while, especially since the break-in in her store a couple of months ago. And that's where we are now. All right. So, what do we go? where do we go from here, boss? Well, you guys are on your way to Pelk's Curiosities, and if you have anything okay. you want to do while you're walking to Pelk's, um, now would be a good time to ask it of either Elro, Mila, or anybody else. Is there anything on the way between where we are right now and... Um, Pelk's Curiosity is located in the town, so, like, you'll walk through the town, um, but unless there's somewhere specific you wanted to stop, there's not much in the way of stores. You're going to one of the only stores in the whole village. Okay, okay. And, um, but, uh, Elro is leading you there, and, uh, as you, as you go, you can ask him any questions or anything like that. Um, in fact, Jazara will ask, um, she'll talk to Elro. Uh, Elro... When was the last time anybody saw... Uh, I'm sorry, we didn't catch the owner's name. What was her name? Oh, uh, her name is Verla. Verla Pelk. She's been in the town her whole life. She came from uh, Uthidurn along with most of the other people in the village. And is uh, going to look at her and say, uh, Uthidurn? Sorry, not... Again, not from the surface. Ah, I forget that often. That you guys aren't from the surface. Uh, Uthidurn. And he turns and he points east to the mountains past where you guys came out from, you know, you came out from the Underdark. He says, uh, the other side of those mountains is the uh, city of Uthidurn. And that's uh, a dwarf and elven settlement there. It's uh, quite a large city. Um, I don't, I don't currently recommend travel there as they are currently at war with some giants uh, who are also occupying parts of the mountain and you will have to get through frost giant forces to get to Uthidurn. Um but Palebank along with many of the uh, dwarven settlements here in uh, the Crystalland Tundra and in Isilcross are all uh, part of Uthidurn by technicality and we answer to uh, Uthidurn's authority. But, uh, Jazara says, okay, um, and that's, and how far is, how far is Uthidurn from here, then? Uh, I would say, uh, if you, you would have to travel through the mountains, over them, and then through them, and Uthidurn is not easily found by somebody who's never been there, uh, as the elves who settled there a few hundred years ago found out. Uh, but uh, it would take you a couple of weeks just to traverse the mountains. Normally the distance wouldn't take quite that long, but the mountains are the harshest in all of Exandria to cross. Jazara nods, well, and you guys... appetizing. Yeah, they're ex- <laughs> extremely tall, like, frozen peaks, basically. Because the entire area you're in is like a tundra, basically. And these are some extraordinarily tall mountains. And uh, in the like past, yeah, in the past, people who've tried to travel there, not knowing where they're going, many don't make it there. Um, and uh, Mila will pipe up, and she's like, "Well, I've never been there technically because I, I am from I am from the village here, 
Um, but my parents are from there and uh, they talk about it a lot and they promised me that uh, you know once I earned myself some coin as a as a glass blade and that and she kind of like straightens her her little uniform and everything uh, we can make, make the trip there because we have family there that I've never met so that would be really nice one day and Elro just kind of like pats her on the shoulders you know because she's young and, and that's a sweet sentiment that's so. naive yeah, a sweet, but, you know, young and naive sentiment. But, uh, but, you know, she's young and those are her goals. So so you guys make your way over. <laughs> yeah, so you guys make your way over to Pelks. Um, is there anything you wanted to ask or do before you get to Pelks? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Can't think of anything. Um, like, we have all the items in stock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so you guys are uh, wandering through the village. You know, there's not people out. It's about... Um, Probably at this point, it's probably about three, two or three in the afternoon. It's still kind okay. of early afternoon and like people are milling about, you know, some people are doing a little bit of shopping from some like individual stalls that are around and uh, a lot of people stop and like say hi to Elro and they like, kind of look at you guys kind of funny because, you know, obviously this is a very small town and they've never seen you guys before, you know, and like you can see some people gossiping and like looking at you as you walk by because, oh my God, people, <laughs> there's like new people here. That's a, you can tell that's a big deal, but eventually you make your way down to a, um, a little like dark cabin and above the door it has a sign that says Pelk's Curiosities and the P is in the shape of like a curved dragon uh, is a part of the word Pelk and as you get closer to the door like Elro starts to step forward um, both of you and Jazara will roll a perception check please 23 23? Damn, alright um, Jazara got a 16. I got a lovely, lovely one. Already? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's the first roll of the- God damn, you need <laughs> new dice. New <laughs> dice. I'm not, I'm, no, you know what? Christmas. I'm gonna embrace this. I'm gonna embrace the, uh, gonna, the low roll because this is gonna make some interesting stories. Yeah, yeah sure. I, then I guess <laughs> I, I, when you reach level five, you can do this thing called take a feat, which like, gets you like a new fancy ability. And one of them is called the lucky feat. And three times uh, a, a day before you take a long rest, you get to re-roll one dice. <laughs> it's not a bad thing for you. <laughs> so, really, it's yeah. not. I picked the right character. Oh, holy shit. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Asha just blew everybody out of the water anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, as you guys are uh, approaching the door, uh, Asha, you notice that the door is slightly ajar already. Mm-hmm. And uh, so does Jazara. And Elro's starting to approach the door, but like uh, both of you notice that it's it's slightly ajar already, which is suspicious for a store that's mm-hmm. supposed to be closed. Um, and the outside of the building is like this dark, it brick and it has the windows are very small and like the any paint that's on it is like this very worn red color um but as elro starts to approach the door like jazara reaches out and grabs him and then she puts her finger to her lips and as you listen you can hear voices from inside Shh, do you hear that everybody stop and just and mila <laughs> and elro both they both stop and uh Jazara is going to stealthily try to creep forward a little to see if she can hear what's going on. Did anybody yeah, else want to as well? Way. <laughs> I will get out of the way. <laughs> Let's uh, 
Jazara got I eight. get out of the way. Jazara got a 24, <laughs> so she's gonna go up on the other, like, onto the left side of the door, away from, like, where the crack is pointing. Okay. Um, and she's gonna l- listen. And as she listens in, she can hear characters, or characters, she can hear people uh, arguing with each other. Where the fuck is it? How the hell should I know? Look, she sent us here to find something that will help. Find something that will help. Or it's going to be all of our heads. And unless you would like to be dragon food, I'm not particularly interested in dying today. You can, but I'm not. And if we don't find anything, I'm getting the fuck out of here while we can. (laughs) If they find you because you left, especially without permission from the family... You're gonna be lucky if all they do is feed you to a fucking dragon. And then you hear some crashing noises as things uh, collapse. And Jazara's going to put her finger to her lips, and so everybody you know, uh, so all of you know to be quiet. And uh, as she's listening, she can hear probably about four distinct voices coming from the other side. So she puts up both four uh, fingers and she points in- inside. Anything you'd like to do or say? No. Definitely start thinking I'm going to draw some kind of weapon. Okay. <laughs> if you guys... You can infer from what you're hearing that somebody's trashing the store, basically. Yeah. And uh, Elro, you see, like, he's listening to... He takes out two hand axes. Because he is, he is a former fighter. And uh, he his way around combat. So he takes out two of these hand axes that he has. And they're probably about, like, a foot long each. And then Mila, she has a bow. And she draws an arrow. And uh, so does Jazara, for that matter. I've got my and dagger. You got your dagger. I got my staff. Okay. And uh, so Jazara's going to put her hand up, and she's going to do a countdown from three, and then she's going to, like, make the motion for, like, busting through the door. Um, are all of you readying an action to attack somebody? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is what's known as a surprise round. So if you're getting the jump on somebody... Um, you get a, everybody on our team is going to get a, uh, a round of attacking first before we roll initiative, basically. And then from there, it'll start from the top like we usually encounter fights. Uh, so, action, one action. Yeah, so you can cast a spell, you can whack the shit out of somebody with your staff if you want to. Um, I forgot. Does my staff, like, can I use it like a conduit to, like... For thematic purposes, if you want to say you cast your spells through your staff, like they come out of the staff, that's fine. Uh, it doesn't change any anything. Like, uh, um, okay, so I can use it as a condom instead of just like shooting it out of my hands. Like I can do both. Yeah, like for thematic purposes, like yeah, if you want to, okay. if you want to do that, like wizard style, you can like say you slam your staff down and like through it, like burst flame or something like that. You could, yeah, that's fine. Okay. So it doesn't have to come from your hands. Like, it, but it, then in the future, if you want to use the same spell and you say, like, I throw it from my hand, like, that's fine. I don't okay. particularly care where it comes from. It won't make a cool. difference. Cool. Now, can I use my burning hands through the staff? Um, if you want to say that you channel the fire of your burning hands through the staff and, like, it, it goes out, yeah, it'll do the exact same thing as it does okay. as yeah. if you were. Yeah. I want to do that. I want I want to channel that through the, the staff. Just, like, okay. as the surprise so you're gonna, you're going to prepare burning hands. Um, Asha? Anything particular you want to prepare, or uh, do you want to wait and see, kind of a thing? I think. Uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I think I'm going to prepare uh, sacred flame. Sacred flame. Okay, yeah. that's cool. It's a cantrip. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, Mila draws an arrow. Elro draws his, draws, draws his axes. And uh, you guys get ready to burst through the door. And Jazara approaches, like, the front of the door. And uh, she counts down from three with her fingers. And she goes, three, two, one. And she kicks the door open. Not that it was hard, because it was already technically open. Mm-mm. But, uh, you know, thematic purposes. Um, and there are five uh, elf bandits that are standing in the store. And uh, as all of you come in, um, so all of you are in, uh, Jazara will go in first. And did you guys have a preference of who goes in in any kind of order? No. I'm going to assume Elro kind of like, see, he's old. He's real fucking old. It's like, he'll <laughs> stay at the back. He's not stupid. He'll stay at the back. Mila's going to kind of like stay at the back too, because she's also an archer. His bodyguard. Um, yeah. Yeah, kind of like his bodyguard. So Jazara will step into the store, and then we'll say uh, Val. I'll follow. Yeah, and then um, Ashley, you can stand like in the doorway if you want, and then Mila and Elro will stand like just outside. uh, Okay. And like behind you, Mila can still like shoot, but Elro won't take any actions until uh, like somebody comes at him. He He has to. He don't. He don't need to be doing that. He's fragile. Yeah, he is. So, he may be a warrior, um, but he doesn't need to be doing that at his age. Exactly. So, um, with that in mind, uh, Jazara is going to throw out an attack first, and so she's going to fire an arrow. Yeah, for uh, twenty-four to hit, so she does. Damn. Yeah, she she good. Six, seven, eight, nine. So. She hits for nine points of damage to the elf directly in front of her. And uh, Asha, or uh, Valkaria, you went through the door next. And you yes. wanted to use Burning Hands? Burning Hands through my staff. Like, I okay. want to channel it through and just launch it out of there. Sure. Who who are you going for? We got um, one guy right in front of me. Sure. One right in front of me. Um, the store itself is just an absolute mess. You can tell that they've, like, trashed the place. There's stuff uh-huh. on the floor. Things are broken. They've thrown things everywhere. You looking at it, especially if you, as you look along the walls, it looks like it wasn't the most organized place beforehand. Because <laughs> uh, it does definitely look like if you walk into one of those, uh, like, a Goodwill that hasn't been cleaned for a really long time. Oh. And, like, there's just shit everywhere. But now it's all broken shit. And they've clearly have thrown some stuff around. There's one who's rummaging around where the counter area is. There's one against the far wall who's just like pulling things off of shelves. There's somebody who's digging through like a box. And there's another elf who just was standing directly in front of some bathtub that's just sitting here Mm -hmm. and uh, doesn't, and just seems to be like throwing discarded stuff into the bathtub. And then there was the one who was standing directly in front of you as you came through the door. Um, So you're going to cast Burning Hands, which is good. Um, so you're gonna hit, um, you don't have to roll an attack for that one, but you're gonna roll me 3d6 for damage. And you hit everyone in a 15-foot cone, so technically you're actually going to get the one behind it, too. So whatever the Works damage is you're me. hitting, too. You said d6, right? Yeah, 3d6. Yeah, Regular dice. Yep. When you roll, yeah. One. Six. One. <laughs> she got two one. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, uh, that's enough to take down one of the elves. So, you take down that one, and you do uh, eight points of damage to the other one, and so that's seven, 
So you do severely damage the one behind it as well as you, as you do that. And one of them just catches fire and starts screaming because they're on fire. And it's just engulfed in flames and just immediately collapses. The other one is actively like trying to put themselves out and there's just their hairs charred and everything. And they're just like screaming and freaking out. Who knew After- elves are so flammable? I am um, going... <laughs> To be fair, it's not regular fire. It's hellfire. You burn them with the fire of one of the levels of hell. And like, and hair burns like a son of a bitch anyway. That's true. And um, they all have very long, beautiful, like, finely braided hair. And so, and it just goes up anymore. like a... <laughs> um, I am going to take that dagger and I am going to throw it at this guy down in the bottom right okay. hand corner. The one that was because... already injured no the one by the bookshelf by the bookshelf yeah oh this one over here yeah okay. um and i because and i'm going to aim for the right side of his chest because we're gonna need to talk to one of these mofos uh, okay. about what the fuck they're looking for uh okay. so Smart. i so the, oh, the goal is to harm not kill okay you can also tell me that you do non-lethal damage so even okay. if you drop them to zero they're still alive so you're okay. aiming specifically for non-vital points. Yes. So yes, we're going to go ahead and roll me a d20 and then add three. Okay. Uh, so total is 19. 19 hits. And uh, go ahead and roll 1d4 plus one. Uh, four plus one. Five. Five. All right. And the, that elf, as you, as you throw the dagger, and the dagger sinks into, like, uh, kind of like the the area between like the shoulder and like the chest and it just sinks in and screams and just looks at you so pissed just so mm-hmm. pissed and then uh mila steps into the doorway beside you and she's gonna fire off an arrow uh she's going to aim at the one over by the register and she she misses unfortunately <laughs> poor mila rolled a five uh, she fires an arrow, and the elf, like, ducks down behind the register, and the arrow, like, sinks in. And now that you've had your surprise round, everybody roll initiative. That's a like, fine. It's fine. Four. Yeah. And... 16. Right? Did I do that right? Oh, so, sorry, five. Okay. That's a big old difference right there, girl. Like, woo! <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jazar is at 11. Uh, Mila is actually at the top of the round with a 19. Uh, Elro is at 16. It won't matter too much for um, me and the guys are going to go on either side of Elro, oh, actually with an eight and a three. So I'm gonna do them in groups of two. Two of them are gonna act on one initiative and two of them are going to act on the other. So okay. just to keep it from like, you know, every other turn a bad guy goes, so. Um, all right, at the top of the round, that is Mila. She's kind of irritated that she missed, so she is gonna try again. I'll use a different dice for little Mila. God damn, I used another dice and she rolled another five. She misses again. <laughs> Shit, okay. And Mila's just kind of like, damn it! And, uh, and uh, she kind of looks at her bow, kind of irritated, like, what the hell? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, next up is Asha. Okay. 
Uh, then I prepared the, um, oh gosh. I'm so bad with the spell names. I'm sorry, y'all. All right. Um, the um, sacred flame. I have that ready. So okay. I'm going to aim, let's see, this guy in the back. Um, By the counter or? Yeah, this cor- uh, back left. Uh, it's our left. back. Uh, bottom left. Yeah, bottom left of the screen. Nope. So the bottom right one. then. Yeah, that one. one? The one I that's already so. injured. <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna okay. finish him. Okay. Finish him. All right. Um, you're going to use your sacred flame. Uh, they have to make a dexterity saving throw, so I'll do that. Uh, what is your spell save DC? I have that actually. Your spell save DC is 13. They do pass, so unfortunately, because it's a cantrip, when they pass, they don't take any damage. Okay. So you take uh, your sacred flame, and the flame glows in your hand, and you fling it, and the elf ducks just at the right time, and your flame hits the shelf behind it, and it explodes part of the shelf. Nothing catches on fire, because it is, like, sacred fire, uh, Mm -hmm. so it's not gonna just set the whole world on fire. Uh, Like, unlike Valkaria's hellfire. Um, but uh, it splatters against the uh, against some shelving, and uh, the elf stands back up and just kind of like, stares at you. And, I'm gonna get you, uh, bro. Uh, Elro is going to take the opportunity to come stand against the wall on the outside, um, so that he's not like he's gonna kind of stand out of sight a little bit, so that you know he can get anybody if they come out the door. But uh, he's not that in, way. Nobody's not in the way. And nobody can just take a shot at him just because they can see him, so. Um, and then that's Jazara's turn, and she's going to try and take out the elf uh, in front of the counter. So that's a 17 to hit for her. No, that's more than that. It's a 19 to hit for her. So she's going to... She hits for 7 points of damage to that elf. And, uh, so she does seven points of damage to that one. And, uh, she, uh, she yells at him too. And she's just like, what the hell are you doing here? And what is it you're looking for exactly? And the elf tells her like, fuck off. So because it is her first official round of combat, um, Jazara is a gloom stalker. And as a gloom stalker on her very first round, uh, in combat, she gets two attacks instead of one. So she is going to shoot another one at this mouthy ass elf. <laughs> and she hits even better that time for a 24 damn and four, eight, nine, ten, uh, 11 points of damage which drops this elf and she says you're gonna be mouthy you're gonna be dead <laughs> <laughs> and then she like she points an arrow at the next one um, and at that it is actually the elf behind the counters turn and that elf is gonna try and fire at her and it's because it, she just dropped her, like, the, its friend directly in front of it. Um, it's going to fire at Jazara, and it rolls a natural fucking 20, which isn't great uh, for Jazara, let me tell you. Um, and uh, which means she takes double the amount of damage that she normally would. So she's going to take... When you get a natural 20 on an attack, the you know the dies I have you guys roll for, like, you might roll a d8 or a d6 yeah. for that. Um, you would double that dice when you okay. when you get a natural twenty. So uh, it's going to hit. I rolled so low though. So, I rolled a two <laughs> and a one. I rolled two d8s and I rolled a two and a one for a grand total of only four damage to Jazara. <laughs> so uh, Jazara is going to take four points of damage. 
which is perfectly fine of all things. Four points ain't gonna do much to your girl. So, um, and the other person who acted on that turn is already dead because she killed him. Uh, Val. <laughs> um, so I, uh, and don't forget to mark off your spells as you go. Um, can I cast Charm Person and on and then use Chill Touch on them at the same time? Um, I don't believe so. Hang on. First of all, one charm is a spell, one is a and one is a cantrip. cantrip. However, um, Chill Touch is an action, not a bonus action. You can only okay. do one action at a time. Um, and you can tell on your character sheet where it says time. It'll say like one A, and that's how you know it's a full action. Um, to do, because you you are correct that you can only, you can do a leveled spell and a cantrip in one turn. Just one of them has to be a bonus action. So you can't do two action-y things at a time. Um, However, Charm Person does not typically work in combat. It is uh, not something you can do while you're in active combat with someone, because it it won't work. Because you can't charm somebody who you who you are threatening to murder. Okay. Um, um, Can I use mage hand? (laughs) (laughs) This is a skin, the skin of a killer, Bella. God, that's in my brain now. Thanks. (laughs) Mm Mhm. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Thought we were gonna get. Through a whole episode without a Twilight reference. <laughs> Apparently not. Like, fuck. Okay. Okay, then. So who am I closest to? I am closest to... You're closest to the one over here um, by the... This one over here. Um, over okay. Here by what looks like a... Uh, it, technically, that's a lobster trap that it's standing next to. <laughs> sure. Um, and you can move, by the way. You have 30 feet of movement if you want to move further, closer, whatever you'd like to do. You don't have uh, to, but I'm just I'm just telling you you can. Okay, so it's gonna go one of two ways. Can I walk towards the one by the lobster trap mm-hmm. and try to whack him on the head with my staff? Sure. And sure. mean at the same time use Mage Hand and knock a bottle into the one's head who's behind the counter. No, because Mage Hand is an action and so is hitting somebody with your staff. Damn it. Okay, fine. So we're just gonna walk towards a lobster trap and you currently do not have any bonus actions that you can take like you don't have any bonus action spells and you don't have any bonus action like um fighting capabilities at this point so, so you can do one thing a turn oh. you can do one thing a turn you can do an action for a turn you can throw a spell at somebody and hit them that way or you can um uh you can like whack somebody with your staff you could throw a dagger or something like that but you don't have a bonus action attack. There are bonus action things to do, like say if Asher hit zero hit points, mm-hmm. or you hit hit really low in hit points, you could drink a health potion. Um, that's a bonus okay. action. But you currently don't have any um, fun things to do at this point. Mm-hmm. However, no, you don't have your... Um... So I can do one action at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Per turn. You, know, you both at this, at this stage have one action um, per turn. So. Okay, um, I want to make it entertaining and switch okay. it all over again. Again, I'm going to go for the one by the lobster trap. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick it up with Mei Chan and try to put it over his head. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let's sure. Why the fuck not? 
All right. Um, I'm going to roll one anyway. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I will have you, if you're going to use a lobster, wow. A lobster trap is an attack. So, bonus thing to you. Okay. Roll a d20 plus, I'll, I'll give you a plus two. All right. To see if you can take this lobster trap and slam it over the elf's head. I rolled a 19. All right. 21. You hit this person with... 21. So you hit and you, I'm assuming you want it to like stand on in and just go right over the head and like trap it over the head. Okay, that's yep. fine. Um, roll me a <laughs> d4 plus one and that's how much damage you'll do slamming a lobster trap over this person's head. <laughs> lobster trap, lobster trap. It's a d4 plus one? Yeah. Five. Five, that's good. All right. So you do five points of damage to that one, and uh, it's it's got this lobster trap stuck on its head, and it's just cursing <laughs> at you in Elven. Like you don't speak Elven, to my knowledge. Yeah, you don't speak Elven. Uh, but you're, it's clear the intent of the words, even if it's a language you don't speak, because fuck you, pretty much has the same sentiment in it in any language. And it's over there, and it's like trying to yank. The lobster trap, like <laughs> off of its head, while screaming and but cursing. But it's totally wrapped up in the hair. The uh -huh, yeah, like the hair, hair is like starting to get wrapped in it. It's like pull in. Like lobster traps are not meant to be gotten out of, and like so it's like trying to pull like break some of her pieces off. Yeah. So it's it's that elf is just fucking cursing at you know, and just screaming. And it, it, it will have to spend its next yeah. turn pulling a, lo a lobster trap off of its head. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, on that note, it is the bad guy's turn. Um, one of them is going to do a uh, strength check to pull a lobster trap off of its head. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it does manage to get the lobster trap off of its head. With a, It rolled an 18 plus 3, so it, it did get 21. Yeah. But is it, it's and yanking on this lobster trap, and it, like, it pulls it off. Mad. And I will say, roll another d4, because it's going to do damage to rip this thing off of its head. 3. Three. Okay, so you do another three points of damage to, to the uh, to the elf, and it it's definitely cursing at you, and it has got its eyes focused directly on you. But that was that one's turn. Um, the other elf, however, is going to take a shot at you because of the what you just did. Seventeen plus three. <laughs> so yeah, so that's a twenty to hit you. So it is going to hit you for great eight points of damage. Oh. <laughs> I'm hurt. You are hurt. Um, so, and we... Protect the squishy! And Shazara's just like, that was fucking hilarious. But also, <laughs> you might want to get back. You you might want to get back. So, um, you... It's now, we're back at the top of the order, so Mila's going to try and redeem herself. And she's like, okay, okay. She like kind of like <sighs> calms herself down because she was like kind of getting like kind of freaked out. She's like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And she's going to aim once again because she is now has a vendetta against the one hiding behind the counter. Like she is just like, I'm gonna kick this one specifically because <laughs> that's the one she keeps missing. So she's like, I can do this. All right, that's that's much better. Uh, four plus three, so she seventeen. So she hits this time. She's like, yeah. Fuck you! She's just like not even so much focusing on the fact that she did damage. She's just glad she hit. She's like, ah! Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. And she's over there, like, kind of like getting pumped. And Elro's like, focus, focus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, she does a, a whopping three points of damage to this one. So a whopping. She's really excited for her her little three points of damage. So, but she's she's like I hit him, I hit him. She just kind of looks at Ella and she's just like I hit him. And he's like yes, I know. Focus. Yes, I know. Focus. So focus, girl. Focus. All right. Uh, next up is Asha. So I'm gonna step forward um, okay. a bit, and I am gonna. I have my uh, whip out, and okay. I have had enough of the one that hit Val. Okay. So I am going to whip his ass <laughs> with the intention of getting the whip around his neck so that I can subdue him. Okay. Um, you're going to. I'm gonna say because you need to roll a, a d20 plus three to hit. Um, and okay. if you get higher than a 15 in total, I will let you say that it wraps around the same. Okay. Well, oh, I'm like, did you see that? I'm like, it's a four. It's it's 17. No. It's 17. <laughs> so 17 plus three, 20. All right. So that's a 20. So you take the whip and you shoot it out and like it wraps around this elf's neck and you do manage to like catch it. Um, and uh, you're going to do... Uh, 1d4 plus 1 damage, but you also are now tethered to this elf. Mm-hmm. You are tethered to him. Uh, that did not roll at all. And, and it's still a 1. Plus 1 is 2. Alright. Go, Asha! Ride him like a all horse. Alright. But you do have him uh, slightly <laughs> restrained, and he is... he. Uh, their hands came up and are, are uh, holding on to the whip and as well. And it's just giving like... him a vindictive little, like, jerk. Is that a free action? The vindictive jerk, sure. That's a, that could be a free action. That's fine. Um, at that, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You just look at it, it's like, uh, what's that, bitch? And uh, you, just so you know, you do have bonus actions. Um, if you wanted to do one of those, you have three spells that are bonus actions, which are healing word, sanctuary, and shield of faith. Um, right. Sanctuary is where you ward a creature. Uh, within range against attack and until the spell ends any creature who targets the warded creature uh, with an attack um, has to make a wisdom saving throw first and if they fail they have to attack somebody else um, okay. shield um, of faith gives somebody you can like say if you cast shield of faith on Valkaria her armor class would go up by two okay and how long does that last um that lasts for its concentration, so you won't be able to cast another concentration spell okay. um, if you cast that, but it will last for up to 10 minutes. You could give somebody a plus two to their AC, including yourself. Like, if you'd prefer to do it to yourself than somebody else, you could do that as well. Since I'm not injured, I'm going to cast the uh, Shield of Faith on Valkaria to give her a second okay. to uh, recoup <laughs> Okay. after that. So, thank you, um, friend. Val your armor class is currently 13, so somebody has to roll 13 okay. to hit you. Okay. Um, and it's a, a shimmering, like, field appears around you. Um, any, what does your shield of faith look like when you cast it? As it hovers around, like, Valkaria. I'd say that it looks surprisingly, I mean, you can tell it's not solid, but it looks kind of solid, kind of crystalline. Mm -hmm. um, as you said, it shimmers, and Kind of like an aurora. Okay. Like, Ooh. <laughs> oh, it's really pretty. Yeah, and I like it. So, uh, Valkari, you know how have laughing like this... at me. I should take it from her. Fair. I'm laughing you can... at you. I'm laughing with 
you. Mm, I, wasn't I don't laughing. think she was laughing, so... <laughs> um, but, uh, Valkaria, you possibly ungratefully have this shimmering <laughs> around you, and it, like, it shifts and shimmers around you, and uh, you feel a little more fortified as you stand there. So, and, um, since you cast that and it is a leveled spell, uh, make sure you check off the fact that you use one of your spell slots. So, okay. Um, uh, that's Errol's, Errol's turn, and he's just going to continue to hide. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's what's safest for him. Um, and now it's Jazara's turn. So she's going to uh, turn to the elf that had the lobster trap stuck over its head, because she knows that <laughs> one's the one that's going to go for Valkaria next. Um, and she's going to try and attack that one. Yeah, 15 plus 7, she hits. And she's going to do... She does 9 points of damage uh, to that one. Uh, bringing it down. Um, this is the one you had originally stabbed with the dagger, Valkaria. Is this the, or uh, Asha? Is this the one mm-hmm. you wanted to keep alive? At yes. this point, it doesn't matter. We just need to keep one. But yeah, sure. Okay. Um, she'll do <laughs> non-lethal damage because you started that with this one. So she'll mm-hmm. do non-lethal damage, knocking him to zero, but not killing him. So he's gonna okay. be pissed because it's lobster trap, dude. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, she does bring him down, and, like, as she hits him with the arrow, he knocks backwards and, like, hits his head on the shelves behind him, and he crumples, but he's not dead. So, um, next up is the bad guy hiding behind the register, who's gonna pop out and is going to aim at, uh, Asha. And Fuck definitely you. hits with a 21 to hit you, and he's going to do... It is Forget our ass is handed to us. Yeah. I, well, my enemy damage. dice are rolling better than my friendly dice at the moment. So he does eight points of damage to you, Asha. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Uh, bringing Asha down to 11 out of 19. Valkaria mm-hmm. is at 6 out of 14. And Bizarre is 21 out of 25. Uh, your girl's hardy. Um, okay, Val, you are up. Uh, well, I'm in pain, but... You uh, are. So who... What's the damage looking on all these people? Um, one of them, the one that um, Asha has her whip around, looks pretty bad. He, he's bleeding. He's like kind of like got this whip around his neck, and he's like fighting with her over it. Um, and uh, so technically, uh, only has five hit points left. And the other one that's hiding behind, that keeps ducking behind the register, is doing a lot better because he does keep taking cover uh, behind the register. Uh, so he looks pretty good. But uh, the one Asha's dealing with with her whip. Uh, looks pretty fucked. Uh, okay. So let's try and get him out of the way. Okay. So, I'm gonna use Mage Hand again. And because he's restrained, I'm gonna... What is on that table next to him? Uh, on the table next to him is a, uh, a nutcracker and then some, uh, kind of like odds and ends here and there. The ones directly beneath his little icon is a giant wooden nutcracker. Alright, well, I'm gonna grab the nutcracker and smack him on the back of the head with it, with my mage hand. Okay. Uh, roll an because attack. Because he is for... restrained. Yeah, roll an attack for me again. Yeah, you're, uh, you're d20, and we'll say plus. I think we did three last time, so we'll do a plus three again. What'd you get? Seven. 
Seven, yeah, you go and you like you pick up the nutcracker, but it's a little heavier than you were expecting, and your mage hand can only pick up five pounds. Um, and uh, so like your mage hand is still like trying to like fight with picking it up, and you're just like shit. And you realize that this thing is complete solid, really heavy wood, and you're just like shit. Damn so it. you don't get a chance to pick it up. I tried. You did. You definitely tried. Um, on that note, it is that one's turn. And it's going to do a strength check, and it's going to try and uh, an opposed strength check with Asha, and it's going to try and pull your whip from you. So I want you to roll me a strength check. So roll a d twenty for me, Um, and you have no modifier for it, so it's just whatever you're going to roll on your eighteen. You do a lot better than his five. So uh, he he tried to pull it from your hands, but you just kind of like pull back, and you just hold. You were having none of it. Yeah, you are holding steady with that whip, and you're like, fuck you, no, as you mm-hmm. hold on to it. And he's just kind of, he's like, glaring at you, but, uh, Down, there isn't anything. Down, yeah, boy! Like, there isn't anything he can do. Um, Mila, in her, uh, we're back at the top of the initiative order. Mila is once again gonna try and hit the one, uh, behind the counter. Oh, she does much better. Look at her. A whole Go, Mila. 19 in total. So Mila rolls uh, a 19 to hit. And there you go. That's much better. She does uh, seven points of damage. It's still not quite enough to take this one down, but she is she's slowly getting better. So she's she's getting there. Um, and uh, we are back at uh, at the top of the round or with Asha. Uh, Asha, you have this elf restrained with your whip. What would you like to do? Kick him in the nuts. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna walk up to him. And, like, as you walk up to him, like, you kind of, like, fold the whip, like, around your arm to keep it steady. Um, <laughs> you want to... All right, that's completely fine. You're going to do... a girl! Um, you're going to do an unarmed strike, so roll me a d20 plus two. Eighteen. Eighteen. You go over, and you look at him, and you're just like, fuck you. And you just as you pull on the whip, and you kick him directly in the nuts, um, your unarmed strike damages one point of damage because it's just an automatic it's based on your strength score uh and you have a modifier of zero so it's just an even one so So you do one point of damage yeah you do it's just a petty thing but you know what go for you girl go for you so um might bring him to his knee a little bit he's not out but you know you know it's the the dignity part of it like Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely the dignity part of it you have taken some of his dignity um uh, next up is Elro, who is just going to continue to hide by the door. Um, and then Jazara's turn. So Jazara sees you fully handling that, and is just going to let you continue to fully <laughs> handle that. Um, she's just like, nope, that's not that's not my problem. That's only Asha's doing something, and Asha can continue to do something over there. <laughs> uh, so, yep. That's exactly what it is. It's just like, you know what? You do you, girl. Like, you go, girl. Um, so she's going to, once again, uh, throw or fire an arrow uh, for a 17 to hit. She's going to aim the one behind the counter. And she... I wonder tell, me he hit, tell me it hits. It is. She hits for 17. Yay! Um, it only does a grand total of four whole points of damage, so she doesn't quite take it out. This one is just... Barely, He's barely hanging, hanging on. on. He's just hanging on. Like he I imagine wasn't face the... down, <laughs> trying to rise. But yeah. 
<laughs> like he's on Mila they've got like this weird back and forth thing going on uh, and as he's like taunting Mila like Jazara hits him directly in the shoulder and he turns and he just kind of like he's really pissed off and in Elvin which she understands she, he tells her it's just like I'm going to destroy all of you and Jazara just kind of looks at him and says yeah good luck with that because <laughs> she kind of like looks around at the body of his friends and in Elvin she tells him like good luck with that and uh Next up is uh, that guy's turn, actually. And he has one whole hit point left. He is going to... Behind him is a door into another room. He is actually going to try and go through this door. So he's going to use his movement. And uh, there's a doorway right here. And he's going to slip into this next room and try to look for a way out. And... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he, he he turns and he's just like he sees how many people he has, like how outnumbered he is. His dead compatriots or his knocked out compatriots on the floor. The one that's struggling with Asha uh, with the whip, who's kind of like on his knees because he definitely just got kicked in the nuts. Uh, <laughs> so this elf is just going to turn around, throw the uh, door that's behind him open, and and uh, dart through there, and you don't see him anymore. And Val, you're up. Well. We're keeping one alive, so I can't do anything to him. So I'm going to help Asha with Mr. Okay. Bitch Boy okay. here. And well, I'm just going to walk like up. To I just want to walk up to him and whack him on the head with my, my staff. Sure. All right. So roll me a d20 plus two. Nine. Uh, nine in total. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get advantage because he is restrained. Okay. So roll another d20 and take mm-hmm. the higher number. 15! So, 17. 15, there you go. That's much better. <laughs> Nine would be a comical bonk on the <laughs> Nine is cartoon style. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> Just like kind of Nine is me tripping way. all the way to whack him on the head. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, all right, so you're going to go ahead and uh, roll me a... If you're just totally whacking him upside the head, roll me a d6. Yes, whack him right up the head. Four. Four. Perfect. That is the exact number of hit points he had left. Woo! So between you and Asha, uh, she has him restrained, and like you come over there and you take your uh, quarterstaff, baseball bat style, and you just <laughs> slam it right into him, and you know he's not somebody who's giving up again. <laughs> um, yeah, that would have been his turn, so that's over. Uh, it's back at the top of the order with Mila, who just kind of like pokes her head in, and she's like, is that, is that everyone? And uh, Jazara's like, no, one went through there. We should go after him. And Mila's like, okay, but you're all standing in the doorway, so she's just gonna, like, can't go anywhere. So she's like, okay. <laughs> and she just doesn't move. And uh, Jazara t- uh, is gonna turn and tell her, just, like, circle the building in case he gets out from the, uh, from the back. So that's what she's going to start to do. And she's going to take, she's gonna start moving around the back of the building. Um, and Asha. It's your turn. You have the unconscious elf uh, to the side, who you know isn't going anywhere, but the other one mm-hmm. just escaped through the only door. Uh, I'm going to uh, drop my whip and start heading to cut that guy off. So if uh, Mila, you know, catches him, so if he so he can't come back through. Okay, so you want to go back outside and try to go around the? No, building. I want to. No, I want to go through the door he went through. So oh, okay, let's cut him off the, behind him. Sure. You get just at the doorway, um, and as you do, you can see into the room, and uh, he's frantically 
uh, looking around the room. I can. Next. Boom. Uh, so the elf is uh, trying to get one of these back windows open. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's uh, com- at the moment, he, uh, he's kind of like, he had to unlock it because they are uh, locked. And uh, he had to unlock it and he's opened it, but he hasn't gone out the window yet. So that was your movement uh, to get here. What would mm-hmm. you like to You can cast a spell. You can do an attack of some kind if you'd like. Uh, what would you like to do? Um, I'm going to do... Well, I'm going to first uh, chide him and say, Hey, fucker, where do you think you're going? <laughs> and he whips yeah. around and he looks at you and he says something in Elven that you don't understand. So. Oh, oh no, you elvish. speak Elvish, so you understand when he says, Fuck you. Bruh, no, fuck you. Um, and then I'm going to... Which one should I do? Um... <laughs> I think I'm going to use sleep to knock him out. Sure. Okay. All right, so you cast so. Uh, sleep. What you're going to do with this one, it's any creatures within 20 feet of you, and uh, he is definitely within 20 feet of you. So you are going to roll 5d8s for me. And in all honesty, um, it doesn't actually even have to be that many. You can just roll one. He has one whole hit point left. You cast sleep and then <laughs> drop that so. Three. Three, there you go. Uh, it, you reach your hand out, your holy symbol of the Moonweaver glows, and it channels this like blue and silver magic through your hand, and it shoots out uh, to him, and he, he kind of like stumbles, um, and he does fall over, unconscious. So, uh, and you guys are out of combat. Yay! Kick some ass, girls. Wow, uh, just Mila's... sitting over there going. <laughs> How? Yeah, Lazara's gonna go check on voice. you. You get him? <laughs> yeah. Just like Mila's on the outside, just like, I don't see anyone. And Jazara will stick her head out and she'll guess her uh, Elro to come back in the building and she'll yell, Mila, we got him. Let's come back in. She's like, okay. And, she's, and you, you hear her like, start to trot back conscious. in. <laughs> it's like, I got bested by this. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the, uh, the one that's in, laying, like, slumped in the corner is still unconscious. However, um, Jazara's going to go over and she's going to tap Valkaria on the shoulder and she's going to cast Cure Wounds on you. Oh, bless you, friend. Um, Valkaria, you've been healed for, uh, ten points. Cool. Which should bring you back up to full. Yeah. Yep. So you're back up to full. Sweet. So, and I'm at... That's my max HP, right? Yeah, you can't go past that. Which 14. is 14? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, you can't go past uh, your max HP unless it's with a spell that uh, gives like temporary HP, and that can be used to stack on top of your regular HP. But that's pretty much the only way you can go past that. So even if I heal you for more than you have, it kind of stops. Uh, so you guys, combat is over. Uh, Jazara has healed... Uh, Valkaria back up to full, so you're good to go there. Um, Elro, as Mila comes in, uh, Mila's gonna kind of like start stepping through and like kind of like start shoving the bodies away a little bit. And mostly <laughs> with her bow, she kind of like pokes at them more than she does anything. Uh, Elro closes the door like behind you guys as you step into Pelks just to like keep anybody from coming in uh, and discovering what's going on. Um, but he stays by the door 
just in case something happens, because there is still one technically alive, the one you guys knocked out, um, and the one that uh, Ash to put to sleep. And Jazara uh, is gonna go over and she's gonna grab the one that you guys had originally uh, knocked out uh, with the lob, you know, the lobster mm-hmm. trap dude, and she's gonna drag him over in that bathtub that's right there. She's gonna flop him into it. <laughs> flop. Yeah, and she's gonna uh, flop him into that. Um, Asha, um, where did you... Now, you had gone into the doorway of this other room. You have the Mm -hmm. option of whether or not you want to investigate that room, or you can uh, go back... You want to go investigate that room? Great. Yeah. Um, So, I will show you the other room. The other room is a long uh, space. You can tell it takes up the entire back area of the, uh, of the store. It's clearly a small, like, studio place where somebody lives. There's a table with some busted-looking chairs over to one side, a small fireplace towards the back with a, a just a single, uh, kind of, like, very well-used chair directly in front of it. There's a little bit of a kitchen area off to the side, and there's a, um, you can see what is a partition, and you assume there's a bathroom on the other side. Um, against the far wall, there is in fact a bed, and there appears to be a figure laying. In the bed. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm looking at, and I would like to know more. Are you going would to I, approach? I'm going to start with a cautious knock on the door. <laughs> okay. Even even though there was a whole argument going on, you know, <laughs> there was a whole fight in the front room. The whole, there was elves trying to get through the window, and uh, uh, you know, was... I knocked him the fuck out. But I, ah, <laughs> do you need yeah. help? <laughs> We're here to help. <laughs> you might not believe it. And there is no response. Um, but Elro is going to slow, slowly and carefully make his way towards you. I just as he looks this in. Poor old man stepping over bodies. Dead yeah, bodies. he doesn't really. As you look at him, like it doesn't he bother him. Based. But like, getting his little old feet. He's a yeah. warrior. For he's very, sake. he's very cautious as he walks. But you can tell. You know, like, this is not something that's new to him. He had been a ranger for a significant... He's a full elf. He had been a ranger for mm-hmm. a significant long time, considering his age. Um, and uh, he has seen many, many things. But he's very surprisingly quiet as he walks. Um, there's mm-hmm. not hardly any noise. And if you weren't watching him, you wouldn't hear him as he walks. And he stands in the doorway and he looks in. Verla. Verla. <laughs> he's going to step past you. Stand! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Aaron! Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, my dad yells my name that way sometimes. Aaron! <laughs> no! <laughs> Delightful. Uh, Elro is going to walk further into the room, and he's going to very cautiously approach the bed, but he, he is walking in there. Um, are you staying in the doorway? I'm going to offer him moral support, yes. Uh, I'll stay in the doorway, yeah. Okay. Like, maybe um, inch a little bit in, but, like, hover by that table there. Okay. Um, he walks in, and he very cautiously approaches where uh, the bed is. And, um, Valkaria, what are you doing as you're in the li- in this shop space? Oh, I'm um, going through the list of stuff that we have that um, we found. So, tell he had, the, what, the dagger, the scroll, mm. the statue. She had the dagger. She didn't have anything else. Okay. So, we're looking for those... So I'm like I'm looking around to see what else. Okay, so you're gonna look the for the for the other things that were on the list of the yeah. from the receipt. Okay, um, give me a uh, an investigation check as you do that, um, and as you lo- start looking around, um, Elro approaches the the bed, 
and he pulls back the covers and Asha from your vantage point in the uh, doorway even you can see the fact that what he pulls back is uh, more ice than person at this point mm-hmm. and has been frozen Sixteen. Okay. Um, you look around the store. Um, as, as you look around, like you can see that it's more trash than it is anything else. A lot of it's broken. You do find a couple of little valuable pieces. Um, if you were interested in trying to nick any of those things, we can uh, go down that route. Um, but you don't see any of the things that were on the list uh, from the receipt. Okay, um, I definitely want to look at the things that I find that could possibly be worth something because shiny. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to assume you're going to try and hide that from uh, Mila, Elro? who is also oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Elro's in the other room, so you don't really have to worry too much about him. Um, yeah. Are you trying to hide nicking anything from... Shiny rock there. Shiny Absolutely rock not. Here. You can see what you're I'm not gonna... I don't give a shit. Uh, okay, she will say something to you if you do. So, because she is a straight and narrow kind of a person. So, but you, that's definitely a vibe you've gotten off of her before, though. All um, you have to do is kind of like wiggle your tail the opposite direction. That's and true. Show. All right, fine. I'll try to hide it. She has goldfish brain. <laughs> she does have goldfish brain. She is like. She is kind of like poking at the bodies more than like with her bow and more than anything, kind of like looking them over and stuff like that. She is distracted. So when I roll a perception check for her, it'll be at disadvantage. Okay. Um, for her. So sure, I'll, I'll I'll take it to my advantage and just try to okay. lock it with my tail or something. Um. Yeah. You kind of like just turn your your back to her so she can't see your hands and everything like that. Discreetly uh, yawn and drop it down your bra. <laughs> yeah. Roll me a um, But did a you find anything of... yet? I mean, even worth taking? We're gonna, well, roll we're going me a sleight of hand first, and uh, we'll see if you can pick up anything without her really noticing you. 17. 17? Okay. She, has a gr- she gets a grand total of a 10 uh, for her disadvantage. So you do manage uh, to find something... So I'm going to have you go ahead and roll me, roll me two, three, no, roll me three d20s. Four. Two, five, and four for those of you at home. Delightful. Isn't that fun? Okay. (laughs) Trying to embrace it. You find a stone uh, shaped like a an egg, a fist-sized egg. <laughs> Great. Just a, just a regular, like, pumice stone kind of thing, or mm-hmm. anything particularly remarkable about it? Um, Rock. it's got, like, some interesting little flecks of purple color to it, um, but you'd have to do some more looking at it if you want to figure out what it is. Something you can't do here in this moment of trying to quickly steal something. Okay. Yep. Um, you also find a, uh, bracelet whose beads are made of uh, what look like human teeth. Bracelet of human teeth. And you find a book that says History of Uthodurn, which is the place uh, that Pale Bank Village is technically uh, under the power of. History of Uthodurn. Okay. And those are the three things that you can grab while Mila is preoccupied and Elrose in the other room. Um... But uh, Asha, from where you're standing, you can see when um, Elro pulls the blanket back, what is left of Verla is mostly ice. 
at this point. Mm -hmm. And uh, Elro kind of straightens as he takes like this deep breath and he kind of turns and he looks at you and he says, unfortunately, it, it appears we are too late for Rilla. And I say a quick prayer to the Moonweaver on that one to okay. feed her on her journey. Um, let's see. And then Elro does quickly like step back, you know, not to spend mm -hmm. too much time around somebody who's very clearly infected. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, does she look very similar to the previous sufferers um, in, this in terms of progression of the illness? Um, and he, he'll, uh, as he walks back to you, he says, uh, she clearly must have been infected much, uh, uh, much further along than, uh, than anyone else. Uh, she looks like Ergon did at the end. When we buried him, he was mostly ice at that point. Um, I see. It is the progression that the sickness seems to take for the most part. Uh, I don't think that she would have survived much longer even if she had been alive she is completely from head to toe frozen solid and there is ice on the outside of her as well and uh it's it's exactly the way it was with ergon in the end she must have been infected when ergon sold the wares here so it must mm -hmm. have been if and he thinks for a moment it's like if Ergon sold the wares here first, then she must have actually been the second person infected. And then the thieves were infected after that. Mm -hmm. And uh, while you guys are having this conversation, Jazara, who has thrown this elf in the bathtub, uh, is starting to like slap him awake. And, it's just, and uh, <laughs> she has a dagger out and she's pointed it like, right at his throat. And she's just slapping him until he wakes. And she's like, wake up, wake the fuck up, you worthless piece of shit. And she's like cursing at him in Elven. And uh, like, Valkaria, you don't speak Elven, but like, Jazara curses often enough that you, you know, you might not speak I, I picked it, up but, on like, it. But she's you picked know up the, the curse, curse words. words. Yeah. I yeah. picked up on it. Yeah, so she's over there and she's cursing at him in Elven and to like wake up and he, and he just kind of like jerks and he's like, ah, ah. And he looks at her and he's like, ah, ah, ah. And he like looks around at everybody and like uh, everybody in the row. And it's about at about that point, um, Asha, that Elro and you like step back through the door, um, back into the into the room, so that you are once again everybody's in the same room. Uh, and Jazara's gonna point her dagger at him and she says, "Who are you? Why are you here? What are you looking for? Answer me!" And, he, and he's like, "Okay, okay, 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 okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everybody cool. Everybody, everybody be cool. Everybody be cool." And he's like, "Okay, okay. It's like I'm here." I'm on orders. Wasn't my idea. Wasn't my idea. And he kind of like turns, he looks at Elro. He's like, wasn't my idea. Oh, coming here was not my idea. I didn't want to be here. But Bulil ordered us to come here. And you don't fucking say no to that crazy ass bitch. Okay? Okay? And he's like, and he turns to Jazara. He's like, okay? And he's like, she ordered us to come here. And, and Jazara's like, why? What were you looking for? He said, look, a couple weeks ago, she got infected with this weird... Like disease things started to freeze her and like she started to partially turn to ice and she sent us here because she thinks that whatever's doing it to her came from here and we were looking for like a cure of some sort. Not that I have any idea what the fuck that's supposed to look like because I don't know what's wrong with her, neither did she, neither did she <laughs> So like, even if we'd have found it, who the fuck would have known? But 
that we were looking we were looking for a cure for whatever the fuck is going on. And uh, Jazara, she asked him, this person, you said her name is Hulil. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hulil. Good, because I thought it was Hulil. Hulil? Yeah, Hulil. Hulil. Hulil Lutan. And she's like, she works for the Hulilot family. <laughs> You're fine. Her name is Whoville now, so. Uh, he's like, there you go. Change the note. There you go. Whoville. This will just make a little note. It's just Whoville. Whoville now. Um, but he says. What was it supposed to be? Whoville, like H-U-L-I-L. Yeah, now it's Whoville though, so. Uh. Or better yet, Sorry. like you guys just misinterpret that her name is called Whoville, and that's just what you hear. Um, that's how it is. I, I like that yeah. better. <laughs> he is fully saying Hulil, but you guys just interpret it as Whoville, so that's what you're gonna go with. Um, so, just look. Valkaria, like as she's looking through like the stuff that she's picked up, just m- muttering, so only you and Asha can hear. Is just going, mm. how crazy of a person can someone be if their name is Whoville? <laughs> How scary and I, can someone be? <laughs> and I'm and, stifling uh, laughter behind from behind the counter. Just yeah. <laughs> Zara very much wants to laugh, but she can't because she's busy trying to intimidate somebody. She's and, busy uh, being threatening. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and she's so she's like uh, he's telling her just like look, Lil sent me here. She's crazy okay but then again anybody who's gonna be psycho dragon priestess to like tiamat is gonna be nuts okay so but look she works for the udalot family technically we all work for the udalot family from shady creek and we were sent here to look for things from aor you know like literally everybody else who comes to this fucking frozen wasteland does are looking for shit from aor obviously and uh which is who however is cataloging this new information and so are the both of you but he says it like you know it's common practice he's like look she's supposed to have gone back to the family already but she can't because obviously she's super sick and she's like starting to freeze to death and everything and like her little weird minion dude is like been trying to figure out ways to help her and everything but neither of them could come up with anything and uh so we assumed that it was something from here because the stuff that she stole a couple months ago from here was the only like new things that we'd actually obtained because we haven't actually found anything from Aeor in a while. Uh, and Jazara um, kind of like po- like presses her blade against him a little more, and uh, she says, "Where is Hulil now?" And he says, "Okay, okay, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Just don't, 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 uh, just point that thing willy nilly." And uh, uh, she says, "Look, look, she's in Croker Cave. Okay, that's where that's where everybody is. That's where the rest of our people are. That's where everybody is. You you can go there. You can just you can just go there. And I'll I'll just leave. I'll leave. I don't need to be here. Fuck this place. Fuck this shit. I can just leave. It's fine. It's fine. Just let me just let me go. Just let me go." And he looks at Elro, kind of like pleadingly, like, "Just let me go. I'll I'll just leave. I'll never come back. I promise. I promise. I promise. I'll never come back. I'll never come back." Dude on crack. I've never <laughs> encountered a terrified you look at him and this man is not prepared for genuine life-threatening situations he's pretty young he looks like he's probably about like 20 21 but he looks like he this is probably one of the very first instances of like getting his ass kicked that's ever actually happened to him before 
Um, so he's just more scared and uh, not as invested in this as probably the people he works for would appreciate. <laughs> Is he quiet quitting? He's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's it. Just- We're done. Jazara's gonna look at Elro, and she's like, "Where the hell is Croker Cave? And he's like, ah, it's uh, a cave that's uh, west of town, um, maybe about a half-day journey from here. And uh, it's not hard to miss. There's really only uh, so many hills uh, past west of the village, but uh, it's about a half-day walk. You can't miss it, really. Uh, it's supposed to be full of ice toads. And I'm Jazar- sorry, excuse me, did you say isodes? Yes, uh, they, uh, they're, and he kind of, like, gestures to a size of probably about two to three feet, uh, wide, and he's like, yeah, they're probably about yay big, uh, and blue, and, um, they enjoy being as cold as possible. They're kind of nice, you can tame them if you try, uh, they're fairly friendly, as long as you give them something to eat, and, uh, uh, really cold place to sleep. I've never had any issues with them. People just don't go there because if you do disturb their slumber, they will attack you if they're if you haven't done something to gain their trust first. Um, and uh, the bandit kind of looks at the uh, at, between like all of you. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the toads are they're kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, they're they're kind of they're kind of cool. They're kind of nice. They let you let you pet them and they and they don't eat you as long as you feed them. And uh, and he he's still kind of like. He's like kind of shifty, like looking around, like he's kind of like, "How do I get the fuck out of this?" So, at that comment, uh, I would like Valkaria to just kind of stare at him, mm-hmm. blink once, because you know it's something that I don't usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, slow blink. Yeah, yeah, just a slow blink, and I want I twitch my tail and okay. just staring dead at him. Go feed them what? Yeah, uh, fish. Fish. We usually feed them fish. Uh, I, uh, what, what do you, what, what, what do you think we feed them? What do you think we feed them? Uh, no, no, whatever it is, no, it's fish. It's totally fish. Or bats. They like bats. And there's a lot of bats in that cave. In fact, they bite, and it's kind of a pain. Uh, but if it's not fish, it's bats. Alright, tweaker? Um. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm so fucking stupid. Croaker cave. Croker, croaker. It now clicked. Um, Could have called it the Ribbit Ribbit Cave, I guess. Amy, Amy. Jazara will look at Elro and she's like, This is your village, and so the decision is ultimately up to you. What would you like us to do with him? And Elro kind of stands there, kind of silently. But he approaches the uh, this terrified young elf, and he says to him, "It's like you're going to hand over all of your weapons." And the, and the elf is just like, "Okay," and uh, he's like, "You're going to hand over all of your weapons, and then you are going to walk out this door, and you are going to march east until you pass to the mountains of Uthadern, and you are going to continue to go there, and you will never come back." You will not go back to Shady Creek. You will not go to Isilcross. You will walk to the mountains, travel through them, and you will never come back here. Do I make myself clear? And the and the elf is just like, yep. Mm-hmm. 
Can I go? I'll go now. You want me to go now? And he's just kind of like, like, he just very cautiously, like, throws his, like, dagger and, like, his arrows and stuff just down. He's like, okay, I'll leave right now. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I can go. I can go. I can, okay. Now, while he, like, he's, uh, while he's muttering and trying to get out of there, I just, Valkari just goes, just let him go. I want to go hunting for guppies. <laughs> he freezes and he looks at Elro and he's like, um, is there a jail cell I can hang out in instead? <laughs> and Elro kind of looks at Valkaria and just kind of like a, a little bit of a, like, no. <laughs> uh, a, a grandparent's disapproval look is what he gives you. And, uh, and uh, he says to this, this elf, and he says, Mila will escort you to the town hall. And you will remain there until we get you provisions for you to leave and not come back. And uh, Mila steps up to him. And she's very serious at this point, And it's probably the most, like, actually serious you've ever seen her. And uh, she tells him to get up. And she takes some rope. And she, like, ties his hands uh, together. And Jazara definitely, like, double checks her knot work as she does it. Um, but uh, she takes him, like, with the rope. And uh, she's going to, with Elro's approval, she's going to take him to the town hall and uh, keep him there because they don't have an official jail cell because shit like this doesn't happen <laughs> so they, they, they're taking him to town hall and El- Elro turns to the three of you and says unfortunately uh, Miss Pelk is past and it appears our problem is ongoing especially if there's more of these people in Croker Cave I know it is a lot to ask of you as you have done much up to this point our village and you've stopped many foes at this point but I would appreciate it if you went to the cave and ensured that this illness does not continue to spread amongst my people Jazara tries to compose herself because she wants to make another guppy joke but she won't (laughs) she doesn't want to push Elro's patience yeah his, his buttons yeah um we will go to the caves We'll uh, check it out, see what we can find there. See if we can find any more leads to whatever's causing this ice disease. He's like, good, good. Uh, and uh, he's going to talk about the one that's still in the other room. It's like, uh, Miss Pelk didn't have any f- family here, so I will have to uh, notify the people of Uthidur that this has all happened. I believe she has distant relatives back uh, in the capital city. But uh, until then, the elf that is unconscious in the other room, uh, if you wouldn't mind, we will tie him up and bring him to, uh, along with his other companion, back to the village. Mm. And we will offer him the same deal. And if not, then I will call for more glass blades to come to the city uh, and take him to jail there. And Jazara nods and she's like, we can do that. Um, mm hmm. Do you need any help with the store? What are you going to do with it? And uh, he says, uh, at this point, I will uh, I will contact some of the other village members and we will begin setting up a funeral for uh, Miss, uh, Miss Pelk. And uh, he looks kind of at the door and the, like the little hinge on it is, or the little lock on it's broken. And he's like, if you could just help me as we leave to close the door and put it back on. Uh, proper, at least close it as much as can be done. And Jazara nods, and she says, sure. Um, 
I will go get the other bandit that's currently unconscious. If uh, mm -hmm. she looks at Val and Asha, if you want to work on the door, yeah, I'll and, work on the door. Yeah, uh, just Elro is going to step <laughs> out of the store, um, and Jazar uh, is going to go in the other room. She's going to tie the hands of the uh, of the other unconscious elf, and she's going to like pick him up, uh, and uh, she's going to start mostly dragging him like she's got him like kind of propped up on her shoulder but he is taller than her so his feet kind of drag along the ground um but she, and she's going to start uh going outside with him uh and elro and the two of you if you uh both of you are currently as uh jazara like ties these this elf's hands and like starts to move him out of the store elro has walked out is there anything else you wanted to do in the place before you walk out of it I think I'm gonna give it a cursory glance, see if there's anything sure. of informational value or maybe dollar value since nobody's looking anymore. Sure, go for it. <laughs> um, roll, me an, roll <laughs> me an investigation check first. Eleven. An eleven. Okay. Um. So you, as you do a little crochet, little look around, um, you do find another book, and it does say on it, um, Dwindalian Empire History. And the dates are probably dating about 20 years from the current time, uh, going back probably about two or three hundred years. Um, but it is, it's a fairly, you know, a recent history book, considering... Uh, mass marketing is uh, of books is kind of hard <laughs> at this point in time. So, but uh, it is a history of the Dwindolian Empire, which you did learn um, from Fenton and Irvin uh, in the Jolly Dwarf Tavern. That that is the major empire directly south. Mm -hmm. so, I will uh, take that and put it in my bag because that's some solid information. Since we're gonna be. Uh in this place mm -hmm. yeah so while i'm uh trying to fix the door i i tell um asha i'm like hey asha uh i also found this book you might want to add to that bag of yours oh saw that did you mm. Mm, and i'll take that and put it in there too all uh, right so you now have uh two books so you'll have the mm -hmm. uh the one of uthadern <laughs> and then you'll have the one of the dundalian empire mm -hmm. and uh jazara like she clocks you guys doing this but she obviously does not give any fucks um, and she'll walk out the door with the... Uh, Jazara uh, give a fuck about us pilfering? She goes, it's books. It's books. As Jazara's long as you guys don't get caught. Yeah, like, as long as you guys don't get caught, Jazara does not care. It's when you guys get caught that Jazara now has a problem because now it's Jazara's problem. So. <laughs> now it's my problem. So, yeah, as long as you guys don't get caught, she doesn't care. Um, and quite frankly, at this point, you guys are flat broke for the most part. You have very little in the way of supplies, so anything you guys can add to that, whether it's like actual money or like items that could be sold for money, or just something that might be useful for you guys in the future, she doesn't care. Because quite frankly, you guys could use anything and everything at this point. Right now, the two things that I found, mm -hmm. the other, the two other things. How uh, I want to check them out, but I'm not sure which one of the three of us would be the best at it. Um, any of you can do like a um like an investigation check okay. of it. Um, you would know not to do it now because Elro is standing on the other side of the door. Right. So uh, when you guys like get back to uh, maybe like when you go back to the tavern, it would be a good time mm -hmm. to do that. So 
because then you can do it in your room where nobody's going to see you do it. So, mm-hmm. um, but you guys leave. Uh, wait, I have another question before we leave. Sure. How how badly broken is the lobster catcher? Um, <laughs> the lobster the catcher. Turning. So it's a little. Um, one part of it, it's mostly oval shaped with the exception of one end, which is flat on the bottom. And that flat part is where like the trap part of it is. Mm-hmm. And that's the part you put over the elf's head. That part, uh, and it's all like made of um, reed and like wicker and stuff like that. That part is busted because that's where it went over the elf's head. And then like a couple of pieces here and there are pulled off from where the elf like yanked it off. And so there's a couple of busted pieces. Um, you look at it, the bottom part of it's definitely kind of fucked. But the body part of it, with a little bit of work and, like, some spare, like, weaving materials, you could put it back, the body part of it back together. You might have to do some more serious work if you want the end part of it to work again, like a trap. But uh, it's kind of busted, but okay. a few, few, I would say a few days of work would, you know, get it back into something you could shove over somebody else's head. <laughs> I don't want to keep it. I don't want to mend it. Uh, but I do want to, like, just nick, like, a broken piece from it. Okay. As a souvenir, like, as a souvenir that I'm thinking of adding to my uh, my staff as like little trinkets of things that I've okay. beaten people with. Okay. So you go over and you like pop a piece <laughs> of the um, of the lobster trap off, and I I'll say it's probably about mm, four or five inches of the okay. piece of the lobster trap, and uh, you just shove that in your pocket real quick, and uh, yeah, you have Ain't to start up a- that against you. Yeah. No. You've got the start of a collection. So you guys walk out the door. Um, Valkaria, as you go, like you kind of like yank on the door to like pull it back on its on its hinges. And between you and Asha, you like manage to get it closed. And uh, you guys all follow Elro to the town hall area where you dump off the elf. Um, now, at this point in time, it's probably about four in the afternoon. Um, and you know the Croker Cave is about half a day away. Um, you have the option of going to bed for the evening in town and uh, leaving, you know, first thing in the morning and then getting to the cave around noon or leaving tonight and then getting there and you could camp out and then deal with the cave first thing in the morning. First of all, mm. absolutely no camping. Um, yeah. Second of all, are the ice toads nocturnal, diurnal? Okay. Um, you can ask uh, Elro that. Okay. Uh, and he says, they... They're strange creatures. They sleep most of the time, unless they're awoken by something. The frigid temperatures of the pools of water that they like to sleep in um, lets them achieve a half-frozen hibernation state. So they are asleep unless somebody comes into their territory and disturbs. There's no particular time in which they're active. Because they're mostly submerged in this very cold water and they're hibernating a lot, they don't have to feed often, but when they do, there's plenty of bats in the cave for them to feed on. Um, I would say they're likely more active at night just because the bats are more active at night, but even their most active states aren't super active anyway. Okay. Would it be advantageous of us if we take food with us and just as a precaution and just have to give it to the, the ice toads in case we do wake them up? And they're not too angry? And he nods. He says, yes, your best bet if you encounter them, rather than to fight them, would be to occupy them with something to eat. And 
once you feed them, people have been known to, like, be friendly with them before. They are tameable creatures. They just... It's a lot of work to keep one because you have to constantly keep this frozen state and environment for them so people here don't keep them as pets or anything else. But uh, your best bet is, in fact, just to give them some food if you do encounter one because it's far more interested in food than it is in you. My kind of animal. Perfect. And uh, he gestures down the uh, down the street away because you're standing outside of the town hall mm-hmm. at this point. He says... There's a few uh, stalls around if you wanted to uh, go look for some frozen fish or something that you might if think would help if you'd like. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I will definitely keep that in mind before we leave. <laughs> and uh, Asha, anything you'd like to do? Because you guys have a couple hours before uh, nightfall. so I think I'll go take a quick peek at the stalls before they close up for the night. Sure. So you guys go, um, and, uh, you guys say goodbye to Elro and to Mila. Mila's keeping an eye on the prisoners, and Elro has called a couple more of the glass blades, which is the, um, you learn is the, kind of like the rangers of the area. That's their, Mm -hmm. their title. They're called glass blades because the knives that they have, um, look like, uh, shards of glass more than they do anything. They're very reflective. Um, and you do learn from uh, Elra or Mila, uh, probably from Mila, she just chats on about her life, that uh, <laughs> everywhere in Uthadurn is policed by these glass blades of different like factions and areas. Um, so he's called a couple more. And that's what Elro used to be. He retired from being a, uh, a glass blades leader. Um, and he uh, he's called a few more in and they kind of like stand guard over these people and Mila stays there. And uh, Elro goes and he's <laughs> talking to, he goes off to talk to villagers, plan a funeral, send word to Uthadurn, you know, about shit's happening and things like that. Um, so he wanders, he wanders off and he's occupied and so is Mila. So you go down, um, down this very small village and there's a couple of stalls. It's getting a little later in the afternoon, but there's still some people up in the in open and like, you know, the stalls will be open until like night goes to fall and stuff like that. And because then it'll get too cold to be out here. You see a couple of places that are selling like little knickknacks and stuff like that. Some of them are selling like fish and there's uh, only one place that's selling any kind of what looks like fruit or vegetable. Mm -hmm. Um, Some like clothing and stuff like that and a couple other stalls. Uh, Is there any specific thing or type of thing you'd like to look for? Um, I'm going to head over to the fish stall and buy some frozen fish as preparation. Um, what? I don't know if I've asked this before, but what do we eat other than like, like um, you guys? What, is, well, like, what are our delicacies that we're used to growing up with in the name of heavy? City? You guys, well, you guys eat like you eat meat, you eat vegetables, and all that stuff. Yours is a little different than what's on the surface. Not entirely different. Okay, um, so. <laughs> there is the <laughs> potatoes. Um, you probably have an underdark version. You do have an underdark version of potatoes. They're purple though. Um, because mm. that's what the Underdark is like. Um, there are very, purple potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and They're there are purple you. potatoes. Yes, it's very true. Um, you guys do have fish, because there is, like, the waterfalls that fall through the city do bring fish with them, so you are not unaccustomed to fish. Um, and, uh, because you kind of assume somehow, like, there's, 
something that water comes from somewhere and you don't know where it comes from you just know there's fish in it so now as a tiefling do i have any interesting tastes in food like do i eat anything weird spicy okay nothing weird but you do like spice um and just because of the nature of being a shadow sorceress um really cold food like if you were just like say ice cream Mm -hmm. you're not going to get brain freeze from that but really spicy things are definitely something you enjoy your teeth are sharp by the way and pointy Mm -hmm. uh so like you don't necessarily need a knife to eat something you can just take it yeah so um but yeah you would favor probably oh yeah absolutely your mother's also a tiefling but she has never done that That my my mother has manners i do not yeah, so your father gets a kick out of that, by the way, and like when he's when you guys are having like just a little bit too much fun, much to your mother's disappointment, he'll do the same and he'll just like he'll pick it up. And, get it. and yeah. at that point, your mother, like on more than one occasion when you've done that, your mother will just put her cutlery down delicately and get up and leave. And your father always just looks at you with a grin. He knows he'll pay for it later, but he just looks at you because he's having a good time. Mm-hmm. So, That's awesome. Um, but yeah, your foods are very mushroom heavy, but as you guys discovered in session zero, there's a shit ton of varieties of mushrooms mm-hmm. and types of mushrooms and stuff like that, um, of different consistencies. Um, there's a lot of different like plants that are very weird, but very glowy, you know, and very uh, like from the movie Avatar, the foods mm-hmm. that look like they're there and like the plants, and so that's a okay. lot of foods look like. Um, you're not unaccustomed to when the people from a very long time ago who settled your your town um, brought with them livestock and stuff like that. So the livestock that you have is generations upon generations descended okay. from original stuff that was on the surface. They've changed more to adapt to the like dark environment that which you live. They're all in a very dark color. Some of them, some of them, like you had um, what are descendants. You don't know this, but they're descendants from like. Um, large livestock like boars and stuff like that that were on the surface at some point but have developed uh, and evolved to the point that they don't see anymore they're blind creatures and they're just born that way because they don't have to they've developed right. other senses and stuff like that uh one of the creatures you guys have is um kind of looks like a buffalo but it has like these little tentacles that go around it um and uh its horns are kind of like very curvy and kind of like come down around the face and stuff like that too so um, you guys are not unaccustomed to meat, fish, or vegetables. The vegetables on the surface and the fruits, totally different. Those okay. are definitely not something you're going to see. So if you go to like a fruit stand or a vegetable stand, you're going to be very confused. But fish is something you'll, you'll recognize. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go get some frozen fish for our okay. our, our toad friends. And uh, whatever. Else. See what else okay. I can just scrounge up before we all head over back to the tavern. Sure. So you guys go looking around for um, uh, for some like foods and stuff like that, specifically fish. You walk up to the to the fish stall, and her stall is you know it's only a couple of feet. It's wooden and it's got like wheels on it, so it looks like she wheels at home every day. Um, there's an older lady, an older dwarven lady who's there, and uh, she's bundled up in many layers, and she's got some fish like hanging from like the top of the stand down, and she's got some laid out on the uh, on her table. It's very cold out, and like whenever she needs to like make sure the fr- uh, the fish aren't defrosting, she just picks up snow, plops it on. <laughs> it's very okay. simple for her. She'll rotate the ones that are hanging to like put them in the snow and hang the other ones back up. But Works she'll uh, not harder. Yeah, she greets you. And she's like, 
Hello. Uh, I've never seen you ladies around here before. What can I do for you? Hi. We are we're we're very new here. Um, what is your recommendation for the? How do I say this in a nice way? Um, Ice toads. Thanks. Ah, you're venturing out to Croker Cave, then I take it. It's not a yes, safe place, ladies. I laugh in the face of danger. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if you are, I'm assuming you're looking to feed the toads then? Trying to make a new friend? Maybe take a new pet home? It's like she's met you. (laughs) My kin. And the the lady laughs and she's like, well, if you're going to try and befriend some of the toads, I would recommend these. And she pulls out like a, a series, like a, a little platter that she has back here uh, behind her um, cart. And it's got like five or six like frozen fish on it. And they're not very big. They're maybe like a foot long. Um, and you're not sure what kind of fish they are. But uh, she puts out the tray and she's like, well, uh, these should occupy them for a couple of minutes if while they eat if you're trying to make a little friend. Perfect. And, how many are you looking to buy, dear? And there's six of them that are on there. Uh, guys, how many can I get? <laughs> um, you, I believe, have Daddy's money. Okay. <laughs> you don't have a whole lot of money on you, but I believe you both have money in your inventory. If not, let me know and I will pull it up for inventory. you. Inventory. Inventory. Where's inventory? I think I gave you guys gold in the very beginning, because I know Jazara has some, but uh, if not, I will take a little look-see. I don't think I gave at least one of you. Items? I don't see items. Alright, so we will go with this route. Um, Valkaria, you have 20 gold pieces on you. Okay. And uh, Asha, you have 12 gold pieces. Okay. I have the breakdown of how... I have it somewhere. Of the currency. I have it. <laughs> Just didn't know where I put, whether I had any. So uh, she'll tell you that um, it's one silver for two fish. One silver for two fish. So it's I... six silver for... The lot. I'll take the lot. Alrighty then. Uh, so you give her, I'm assuming, uh, a gold piece because you don't have any silver. Right. And uh, <laughs> she can't she break will... the twenty. <laughs> yeah. So she will give you back uh, four silver pieces. So knock off a gold and add four silver to your character sheet. Okay. All right. Now I have one more question. Sure. What's the spiciest thing you got here? Oh. Well, um, I, as, and she gestures to her wares of fish, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sell spicy fish. And she's like, I don't know where you come from, my dear, but we don't have spicy fish here. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for some spicy fish, um, I'm afraid you're going to have to put some spices on it. Um, but, uh, and she gestures, like, down at one of the other stalls that's selling, like, uh, vegetables and spices and fruits and stuff like that. And she says, if you go just down the way, um, I do believe my dear friend has some spices that you could use if you're interested in that. 
but uh, no spicy fish here. Darn. Well, thank you anyways. Of course. And uh, she bids you farewell. And uh, you guys, uh, walk. did you want to go uh, any of the other little I want. I want to go with the spices because I want to get a spice and give it to our lovely friend of the Jolly Dwarf. Okay. Um, so you go to this the dealer uh, who's got like what looks like some herbs, some vegetables, some roots that are uh, around, and um, with a small basket of uh, fruit there because fruit up here is very rare. But mm-hmm. vegetables they can grow in like greenhouses and stuff like that a little better. Um, and the uh, the older man at the uh, who's at the little stall, it's like hello. Uh, ladies and he kind of looks at all of you like strange people i don't know okay not how i anticipated my day going yeah it's like hello what can i do for you don't eat me do you say that out loud (laughs) that's a good that's a question do you say don't eat me out loud Just checking. Um, <laughs> um, will step forward a, a little too because she wants to like peruse his wares because you guys have very little in the way of supplies. Um, but Valkyrie, if you'd like to talk to him first, yes, uh, I like. Hello, sir. I would Hello. like the best concoction of spicy spices you can come up with for a stew. A best concoction of spicy spices for a stew. She says, "Oh, he." <laughs> Doki. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, my book comes with food. <laughs> my fun book of books and things comes with a list of local delicacies, and from it, I can tell you what kind of foods are in the area. The spiciest spices up the here spice. is flour. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. She makes a good fucking point. Like, oh, we got really spicy flour. We've got good flour. We've got, uh, uh, we've, let's see, we've got flour, flour. We've got sunflower flour. We've got <laughs> corn flour. I was going to say, me as a person doesn't know names of flour. So, like, I know there's different types of flour. I can't name any of them for you, though. Um, I'm just kind of like, there's flower, flower flower and non-flower flower and the other flower flower. And did I mention there's flower? So, <laughs> so you know, the, the, the flower flower. So, um, but he kind of like starts digging. He's got all of these like weird vials and stuff like that that he's got thrown everywhere. And uh, as he's kind of like looking for things, like he kind of like throws some things to the side and like just starts digging through a bunch of different stuff. And he, and he kind of like looks around a little bit and uh, he's ah okay okay something <laughs> something spicy for the lady okay okay I got this and uh, and he says well this all the way from the Menagerie Coast. <laughs> And, uh, and he says, which is a long way to travel to our frozen little piece of paradise. And uh, and he holds it up to you. And it is called, I need the name of the place. Look at that big ass map she's got. Folded over many times. Is that the one you brought to the hotel? Yeah. Oh, that was pretty. 
That was pretty. It's, it's a very pretty map. But uh, and he holds it up and he says, "This is called Damali's Ruin, and it is not for the faint of heart." It's like if you like spice, and he starts to hand it to you, and it, as you like, you might reach for it. He pulls it, and he's like, "And you really must like spice. You can give this a try." Does she have to sign a waiver? Is like that... in New Orleans? Yes. <laughs> there were spices in New Orleans. We went into a like a hot sauce shop. Yeah. And you had to sign a waiver. To, to try, try one it. of one specific one. Mm-hmm. Woo! Alright. Is it made with ghost peppers or what? I don't know had... what the Scoville rating was, but it was it just sounded awful. Yeah. Did either of you have it? I think it's the one oh. I bought, wasn't it? With the with the with the squidding? That was pretty hot, but I don't think that was the No, signing. okay. I don't think you signed anything for that one. No, no, that was just to try it there. You didn't have to oh. sign the waiver to buy it. I don't know. I don't remember. But you don't have to sign a waiver for this, but uh, he looks <laughs> at you and he's just like, Do you think you can handle it, darling? How much? Five silver. Four silver. Mm. Alright, uh, roll me a persuasion check. 17. He looks at you and he says, We haven't had visitors in a very long time, and it's been even longer since I've had somebody interested in some of my more exotic wares. He says, Four silver. It's a deal. And he hands you the vial of what looks, it's a um, kind of like a, a grainy powder almost, and uh, it's uh, red with little flecks of black in it. Okay. So. You can take uh, four silver off of your character sheet. So I got 19 gold. All right. And uh, Jazara's going to step up and she's like, we also need some supplies for a bit of traveling. Um, ah, yes, the important things. <laughs> and Jazara looks at you says, the practical things. She's <laughs> like, we could eat, we're uh, making a journey tomorrow. If we could uh, perhaps purchase a couple days worth of rations from you, we'd appreciate it. He's like, oh, of course, of course. And he takes a couple of um, a couple of vegetables, what look like um, things you guys have never seen before, but they are carrots and some potatoes and things like that, <laughs> and a couple other um, hearty vegetables and uh, potatoes. Potatoes. Mm-hmm. And he and he puts some things on there, and uh, he's like, how many? days are you looking for and she says um for the three of us let's call it safe and say two days worth i would say it's like okay okay and he, and he puts a couple of things together and uh, like he puts it in like this um cloth that he ties up together and he hands it to jasara and he tells her it's uh for two days worth of rations for all three of you it's two gold got any cheese i'd like to add some cheese <laughs> Please. And he's like, please, sorry. Oh my God. Sure. And he's like, I do. In fact, I have, I have some cheese. And he pulls out a, um, probably a, a decent sized block of, of cheese. And he's like, that will be uh, two gold and five silver. Then. I'm going to reach in and grab, because this is my special request. I'm going to hand <laughs> over gold. You're going to do the five. Uh, are you, how much are you paying him? Because Jazara will split we, it with you. If you yeah, we'll, you want to do it straight in half? Sure, and she says, I'll do a gold and three silver, and then you do a gold and two silver then. Okay. Okay. Will do. So we do some math that I'm still not capable of doing, (laughs) and uh, we get some change back, I guess. (laughs) Very true. All right. Um, So you had 12 
uh, gold before. So you are down to 10 gold, five, no, 10 gold and eight silver. Okay. Um, and uh, so you guys get your wares and uh, Jazara kind of like uh, split some of it up between you guys. So you guys all have about two days worth of rations and stuff like that. And uh, at this point, now that you've done a little bit of shopping, it's getting closer to about six o'clock. Um, and like the sun's starting to set and you see some of the, uh, uh, you know, the stalls and everything starting to close up. Is there anywhere else you wanted to go before you take shelter in the Jolly Dwarf again for the night? Nope. I am ready to go back to the Jolly Dwarf and have our lovely barkeep make me some spicy stew. All right. So you head, uh, back to the Jolly Dwarf. It's not hard to find. It's the only large <sighs> building in the entire place. And, uh, so you make your way back and, uh, as you, as you go... And uh, obviously the barkeep is there and he's having a good oh, time. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we get there, how far away is the town, is the, the um, I guess, city hall, I guess, where our guppy is being held? About 10 minutes level of a trudge back through the snow, back the way you came. Is it on the way from the stalls? No, it's not. Okay, never mind. No. Um, yeah. So you make your way back to the Jolly Dwarf. You walk in. It's blissfully warm. It's delightful. Um, and you kind of like bundle yourselves like up in the warmth and you like take the wet soaking layers of your outer clothes off and you hang them to dry on the little coat racks and things that are around and uh, as you do the you know the barkeep greets you and he's like ah you're back did you have fun did you find anything did you do anything interesting did you find anything interesting (laughs) now that you mentioned that barkeep i found something i want to try and i need your expertise your expert hand with it Ooh, my favorite. Do tell. See this vial? Ooh, and where did you get that? A lady never kisses and tells. So. (laughs) Just take a pinch of this. It's all you'll need. Take Mm -hmm. a pinch and make me the best stew you can. Oh, my dear. I will whip you something up delicious. Mm-hmm. And he takes it from you and he pops off his stool and he goes back to the uh, to the bar and into the kitchen. And uh, you hear like clanging of pots and pans. <laughs> and at one point there's a crash and you hear a dwarf yell, shit. And uh, then it's just more clanging and clanging around. Um, and uh, Irvin and Fenton are sitting, you know, at one of the tables and everything. And, and their daughters, Honor and Magic, are running around playing and stuff like that. And uh, eventually they'll run up to you and ask you to play with them as well. And uh, they're like, play with us, play. Come on, come on, come on. I will play until the food's ready because there's something I want you girls to try. Ooh. Well, we, and uh, uh, Honor kind of like straightens up. She's like, well, we do have to ask permission first. And she kind of like, nudges magic she's like but okay we'll do it (laughs) she's like do you want to play heroes and dragons with us you mentioned my favorite word dragons Ooh, do you want to be the hero you want to be the dragon the dragon Ah, they take off running as you chase them around (laughs) pretending to be a dragon and Jazara will go and she's going to sit, sit with uh, Fenton and Irving and she's going to talk to them about, you know, like their day and start telling them about, you know, all the stuff that you guys did today. Because they'll, they'll wave you all over, uh, you know, to come sit with them and have dinner with them once again. Um, and uh, uh, Asha, where would you like to go? 
Would you like to sit with the family, or do you want to yes. do something else? That, yeah. sound, that sounds plenty cozy while we wait for some food. Sure. I and ordered like, mine non-spicy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as... You don't fancy being on the chamber pot all night. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you totally tell that to Val, and... Uh, whether or not the barkeep heard you or cared is an entirely different matter. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you guys, you there's always sit. bread. There's oh, always yeah. bread. You go sit with Irvin uh, uh, and Fenton, and uh, you guys start telling them about your day and everything. And they're really surprised to hear about everything that's going on. Um, but uh, they tell you, you know, it's like I've, I've heard of so many things happening, and uh, you know, the things that come out of Aeor, and they're they're kind of kind of wild and crazy and he's, and he's like but you're not you're not from the surface she's like do you this is um urban who's talking he's like do you even know what aor is not really <laughs> and uh urban like kind of takes this because it uh as it's like who you know he kind of gets kind of excited <laughs> and fenton just kind of rolls his eyes and uh, looks at looks at you oh. both and fenton's like oh here we go and he's like he fancies himself a history buff. And uh, and uh, Irvin looks at him and says, I don't fancy myself anything. I am. <laughs> and he's, and uh, he says, I don't consider myself an expert by any means, but I've been known to dabble in a bit of uh, Exandrian history from time to time. And Fenton rolls his eyes, but it's good natured. And, and as uh, our party's, you know, resident history buff, I sit up. And I'm ready to listen. All right. And so um, Irvin will, uh, at the moment, mostly just talking to Jazara and Asha because uh, Valkari is busy being a dragon. And uh, and you can hear in the middle of all of this conversation that's going to happen, it, it is interrupted momentarily by bits and pieces of dragon screaming, you know, and like the girls like shrieking as they pretend to be heroes and stuff like that. And they like, they're fighting Valkaria with like wooden spoons and stuff like that and it, it's adorable and uh, uh, Valkaria like you get like they at some point try to like flank you and one of them will jump on your back and the other one like holds onto your leg and everything it's just, and it's it's adorable and it's a lot of fun um, but Irvin will tell you it's like but before the calamity in the age of Arcanum there was a great deal of magic in the world and there was a great deal of magical cities, including flying cities that used to travel all over Exandria. And they were held aloft by magic in a stone called uh, Broomstone. And they would travel all over the world, one of the most significant of which was a city called Aeor. Aeor, however, was also one of the first places to fall in the Calamity. The mages of Aeor were arrogant. They were building devices to fight the gods. And this is before the gods were at war with one another. This, well, war at one another the second time. They, they had been at war with the primordials once before, but that was many, many years before. But they were creating, the mages were creating weapons of horrific nature. They were supposed to be able to take down the gods. They were some places were rumored to be creating illnesses that could take down the gods and other places were creating machines that could fight the gods and weapons and magic so forbidden and unknown and powerful it could rip holes through 
this plane into the next. There were untold horrors and wonders and fantastical and, and disturbing things all at once happening in Aeor. And when the Calamity struck and the Betrayer Gods and our gods fought with one another, the only time they formed an alliance was to take Aeor and throw it to the ground. They took the flying city-state of Aeor, this massive, almost a country in and of itself, and they together tore it to pieces and threw it into Exandria, into oblivion. And for centuries after the Calamity, nobody knew what happened to it. But in recent decades, people have learned that as more and more strange things started to come out of Isilcross, people began to investigate. The Dwindalian Empire, the Jorhasians, Uthadurn, even just mercenaries and curious folk alike started traveling to Isilcross, and eventually they discovered the ruins of Aeor, scattered in many, many pieces across the islands. But because the magic there was so powerful, and the people of Aeor though had a small warning, did have a warning that it was coming, were able to activate in many districts these force fields that covered some just small family groups, some individuals, but for some cases, whole buildings, whole districts, whole streets and town areas were able to be engulfed in this force field so that when they hit the ground, parts of the city survived. And the theory is, is that some of the people survived as well. However, they're all frozen in time in these force fields that no one, after decades of research, can manage to break. No one has ever broken one of the force fields in Aeor before. And quite frankly, and he looks at his husband and turns back to all of you, I hope no one ever does. The people of Aeor were well beyond us in terms of magic and capabilities. But their capabilities bore arrogance, and their arrogance brought their death. He says, I cannot imagine the things that they're capable of, especially if you were to unlock some of the force fields and discover scholars, mages, scientists. The knowledge that they have is more valuable than any amount of gold on this planet, but it's also more dangerous. The ruins of Aeor are a hotbed of activity for thieves, mercenaries, and researchers alike. You're likely, if you wander through any part of Isilcross, to find at least a small fraction of something that fell from the city. Whether it's relics, buildings, or just fragments of the built of the rocks that it floated on itself. But it the entirety of Isilcross is covered in its pieces, and with it covered in its horrors. Some of the magic leaks, some of the creatures got out, and some of the native creatures that were already there became infected with magic. Isilcross is not a simple place, <clears throat> and some of the things that walk there are haunted by magic's long since torn from the sky. If you, for any reason, go to any island on Isilcross, you should be very careful, because what there can bring you riches and horror in equal measure. And it's about the time that he finishes this story that um, your dwarven barkeep comes back out. He's got bowls 
in his hands, but also lined up on his arms close to his shoulder, and he's, like, balancing them as he walks very awkwardly. <laughs> and he's just got these steaming bowls of stew, and he, like, lays them all out over the table. Fenton and Irving had not ordered anything. There's bowls for them. <laughs> There's bowls for their daughters. There's bowls for Valkaria and uh, Asha and Jazara, and he sets them in front of all of you and he says, Eat up! Enjoy! And uh, Asha, as you look from your bowl to the other bowls, they all look exactly the same. <laughs> I'm gonna take a tentative sniff and just know that I'm gonna regret this. And uh, Val, you see dinners like served, and you and the girls come back to the table and everything like that. And uh, Honor and Magic are sitting there looking at it, and they smell it. And they hold the bowl up to. <sighs> what is it? What is it? What is it? And they look at you to like for answers. What do you think dragons like? Gold. <laughs> to eat, honey. To eat. To eat gold? Not wrong. And like Honor makes a, like Magic makes a face. She's like, to eat gold? And they're like, she's six. Like, she is, she's confused. Now, while this doesn't look like gold, it's worth gold. Ooh. Are we going to eat gold? Drink up, mm. little dragons. Okay, and they just immediately start eating, and uh, they are also tieflings. So, mm-hmm. it, you you take a, a bite of your stew, and it's spicy. It's spicy in a way of nothing you've ever tasted in the Underdark before. It's spicy in, like, um, if you took cayenne pepper and then just drizzled hot sauce right through it, and uh, kind of, like, mix it up in just, like, a regular stew... Mm-hmm. And maybe it's got like this weird, like citrus punch to the back of it that you're you can't quite identify, but it's got this little bit of a sharp but clean aftertaste that leaves in your mouth, despite the fact that it's a very hearty stew. It is spicy, like on a scale of one to ten, it's probably like um, a seven. You know, it's not the spiciest thing on the planet. Like it's nothing compared to like biting directly into a fire leechin mushroom, <laughs> and uh, it's like whoo that that makes even you breathe fire, but. Uh, but it is it is pretty spicy, especially for a frozen tundra. Perfect. <laughs> and the girls are like, ooh, and they go and they like start fanning their mouths a little bit, but they immediately continue start to eat like more and more. And uh, their their fathers take a little more time. They do slowly eat it, but they do they do they do eat it, and, uh, and they just seem to be more enjoying the girls having fun than they than they care so much about what whatever it is. So, Asha, what do you think of your spicy nut spicy? <laughs> spicy. I'm taking very tentative sips of my soup. Her stew is more bread than it is stew. Yeah. Yeah, we, there I, is bread on the table and stuff <laughs> like that. Like you can like dip your bread like in the stew to like. Help oh no, with I've that. ripped it and I've it, I'm letting the bread absorb it, but I'm also keeping bread on the side <laughs> to. There you go. Help me. And I, I flag down the barkeep and I say, "Can you have a little milk?" Oh, of course, my dear, of course. And he, like, he brings you milk to, like, add to it and stuff like that. And he's... Oh, no, no, uh, drink it separate, because that's what, um... Because you're not supposed to drink water when it's yeah, when hot. Yeah, spicy. Well, he gives you, like, a, a little a little glass, and he sets it to the side. And he's at the bar, enjoying his own. And, like, he'll eat, like, a couple bites, and then it's, it's, it's really spicy for him. And you hear him, like, pound on the bar, like... <laughs> Take, like, five then, sips of meat just, like, to counter it. yeah. So, and you know, and um, you guys have like uh, your drinks and stuff like that, and you eat it. And it takes a little while for some of you to like get through the spice. Um, Jazara, um, 
she she eats it probably at a faster pace than Asha does, but not nearly as fast as Valkaria does. She enjoys it, and but uh, um, she has no particular fondness or dislike for spice one way or the other. So, and uh, she's more of a, a fruit person. Yeah. And uh, but she she eats it, and you guys have a good time, and like you talk to the family and stuff like that, and it gets late, and you guys play some. You know, like, with the girls a little bit more and, like, chat with Irvin and Fenton and stuff like that until it gets late enough that you can reasonably call it a day. And okay. uh, is there anything you wanted to do before you go to sleep for the evening? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would like to sit down wherever that, okay. like, on, on the bed, on, on the floor, I don't care. I just want to okay. sit down. Okay. And bring out all the stuff that we pilfered today. Okay. So I have my book of Uthodern, I've got mm-hmm. the the shiny the, the stone looks like an egg, okay. and my bracelet of bones. Okay. Now I would like to do what is it, a perception check? Or a history check? Um, a history check? If you want to now, which item are you gonna start with? And then I'll tell you what kind of check you're gonna do with it. The bracelet. The bracelet. Um, do me an investigation check. Thirteen. 13. Um, you look at it, it looks like humanoid teeth for the most part. Um, kind of old. If you're gonna, you would estimate they're not super recent because they are, they look a little worn and stuff like that, but in a way, if not like use, but like they've got collected some dust and stuff like that. Um, so you'd say maybe like 30, 40 years old. It looks like a collection of different sized humanoid teeth. Um, if you had to venture a guess, they're not sharp, so you know they're not um, they're not tiefling. Um, it looks like a full set of teeth, so um, with maybe like a couple missing here and there. There's no like pointy incisors, so they're not vampire mm. or danfier the way um, uh, ashes are. And um, you you can tell there's like a couple of species that you can rule out. Like dwarves have like stouter, like thicker teeth and stuff like that. So if you had to venture a guess, you'd probably say human. Um, but anything closely related to human, it might be. Okay. Um, can I sense if there's any kind of magic lingering on it? Yeah. You can go ahead and give me an arcana check for that. 14. 14. Um, there is nothing that strikes you that's magical about these. You think maybe just somebody was bizarre. <laughs> it's probably somebody's baby teeth. They are adult teeth. Oh. They are adult-sized teeth. Um, which maybe is probably more bigger. disturbing more disturbing than it is anything else. It, they are a, adult-looking, a full set of adult teeth. And you're just not really sure why anybody would keep that. But, you know, it is what well, it is. there's nothing magical to it. I'm just going to put it as, I'm going to use it as a bracelet on my tail. Okay. You'd have to loop it over like a couple times because yep. it's a decent size. Um, and worth wise, I'd say if you, if you could find somebody weird enough to buy it from you, you could probably get a gold for it. That's probably about it. But you'd Maybe think you'd have a hard gold. time finding somebody willing to buy teeth. Buy it. So. That's fair. So that is my, my new accessory on my tail. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I've got my, my egg shape stone okay um you can give me an investigation check on that 21 21 you realize you're holding a geode it's a geode All yeah right. and like you're like the underdark in the nameless city is covered in things like crystals and geodes are not uncommon in any kind of capacity um they're very common decor like in the underdark um 
but you realize you are holding a whole uncracked open geode. Can I also do another arcana check? Yeah. See if it's got any power on it. Sure. Twelve. Twelve. Nothing particularly magical about this. Um, You think depending on what's inside of it, um, you might be able to use it as part of spell components. But until you open it, you... But there's nothing innately magical about it. But until you open it, you won't really have much of an idea of what it would do for you. Okay. Uh, Asha! Mm-hmm. Hey, come over here. Okay, coming. Uh, what do you think I should do with this rock? Do you guys crack it open now? Or just put it away in the bag? Maybe crack it open now just so you can see if it's worth carrying later. Okay. And I'm going to assume that while you guys are doing this, Valkaria is sitting on the floor with her stuff like sprawled out in front of her. Um, Jazar is going to be laying on one of the on one of the beds, kind of like watching you guys do this. And Asha, where do you want to be in the room? Well, now that I've moved, I'm perched on the end of the bed. Okay. I haven't fully committed to getting off the bed, but um, just so I can see what she's doing. Okay, kind of like sitting at the end of the bed, like looking over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jazz. Okay. Yeah, what's up? Give me one of your blunt, heavy objects so I can crack this baby open. Uh, okay. Sure. And uh, she's like, probably the best part would be to use the hilt of this dagger. She hands you one of her daggers. Crack! All right. I'm going to have you roll me a strength check to open. <laughs> strength check. Now she's squishy, y'all. Let's see. 13. Ooh. 13. All right, so you you hit it and like there's a there's a crack in it. It does not bust open, but uh, you'd have to do it again to see if you can get it open. Six. You go to slam that one and it misses and it hits the uh, it hits the floor. Damn it! All right, one more go. Five. You miss again. Like you you try to you're trying to hold it in a way that doesn't like slam into your hand, but you miss this time and you do hit your hand this time. Fuck. Jazara's gonna laugh at you a little bit, like not a lot, <laughs> just just a little. And uh, and she sees you suffering a little. She's like, "Do you want a hand?" Here, you hold it, and I'll smash it again. Absolutely no. not. No, <laughs> no. I watched what you just did. Absolutely not. I've seen your work. No, thank you. <laughs> it's a no from me, dog. All right. You can try it again if you'd like. I'm stubborn. I'm gonna try one more time, and then I'm gonna get Jess to help me. All right, go for it. 20! Natural 20! Natural 20! Alright, you take the end of the dagger, you slam it in there, and it cracks perfectly in a line all the way through it, and pops right open, and you see the inside is a beautiful amethyst on the inside. Ooh, purple shiny. And, uh, you would know by looking at it, it's worth 30 gold. Ooh, expensive! It's a lot of spices. That's a lot of spices. Mm. And uh, cool. the only other th- the other two things that you guys have collected are both books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not the history buff, so Asha can keep the okay. history of Uthadern book. Have at it, cupcake. <laughs> so Asha, you now have two books. You have the Dwendalian Empire history, um, the recent history, and then you have the um, Uthadernian one, which that one stops about a a century ago like the okay. it's probably a, a thousand years worth of history because yeah, it's a big book it's a thick it's a thick thick book but and it I does stop at about 100 years ago 
Um, yes. So what I'm going to do is take it with me to bed and I am going to read it until I fall asleep. All right. So you guys go and you like Asha, uh, you start to read a little bit and, uh, the other lights in the room are like dimmed down. Just the one closest to Asha's left on and, uh, everybody else goes to bed. And um, I'm going to take say, my uh, my my shiny purple geode and my other shiny that I found venturing outside of yeah my crystal and just stare at them <laughs> until I fall asleep. Okay, so you kind of like hold them like in your hands and you just kind of like stare at them as you like you're laying on your side and yeah. everything and you have them in front of you. And I'm assuming because like the crystal, I'm assuming you tied to like a, a necklace kind of a thing and to wear it. Yeah. Um, because like you have to have contact with it for your magic mm-hmm. to, to you be able to utilize it. So like, you know, you leave it around your neck, but like it's long enough that you can like hold it out in front of you and everything. Um, so you fall asleep looking at your shinies. Um, Jazara sets, uh, uses her alarm spell and sets up the, uh, spell across the room again. And she reminds you guys that, you know, anybody who goes in and out of it will set off the alarm. Um, the three of us going in and out of it won't set off any kind of alarm um, because I've attuned us to it. But anybody else who comes in, mm-hmm. it will trigger. Um, so she sets that up and you guys go to sleep. Um, and, you, and you fall asleep and uh, ashes you read. Which book would you like to start with? Uh, the Big Bad Book Daddy. Big bad book daddy. They're both pretty. They're both pretty big. The one for Uthajarn is is larger. Um, the big but one, yeah. They're both they're both fairly large books. So I'd Uthedurn say I, like I'd say the Dwindalian Empire one is about five hundred pages, and the Uthadurn one is probably about eight hundred. Yeah, let's go with the Uthadurn one. Okay, um, and it's it's not so much that it's dry; it's that it's. A history book extremely <laughs> detailed like uh, in every possible way it's ex- extremely detailed uh, and if you flip into the dwindalian one just to look at it that might be the driest history book you've ever read in your entire life <laughs> <laughs> that would, it's like reading like another world war ii book like it's just mm. another one like goddamn. Um, they seem to manage like one of those books that manages to take an interesting thing and make it boring like Mm -hmm. a high school textbook Mm kind of like that so you guys uh you know you do your go to sleep very fast oh yeah you go to sleep um you guys can all do a uh long rest so you get your spell slots back you know you get all that fun stuff back um so you get all your hit points back and all that so you guys are good to go there spell slots hp anything else that was going on you get all that stuff back um and you wake up in the morning and that someone was gonna hang up in their uh in their game room or something yeah it, lo- it looks like matt mm-hmm. critical role fans do really nice art just like holy mm-hmm. shit google Mike, turn off oh. boom much better. Yeah. No echoes. Alrighty. Little Bucky's here with me. He's by my feet. Buck! And uh, he Buck has an man. eye infection, so he doesn't feel all that great. So. Oh, BB. He really doesn't like getting his little face cleaned uh, a couple times a day. So. I don't blame him. Yeah. But uh, 
You can tell he doesn't feel good because he hasn't been running around and doing all the crazy stuff he usually does. Aww. And Cookie! And guest starring Cookie. Cookie and Bucky are our guest stars for the day. <laughs> cute. I love Cookie. Am I allowed to touch Tummy? Okay. Just don't want to get anybody all pissed off. Oh, she, <laughs> she good. She's very vocal. Meow. Meow. Bucky only gets quite that vocal when, one, uh, he gets scared because he doesn't see anybody. Two, when he hears a can opening. And three, when he knows I have his kitty cat candy bars. So. Oh, that's so cute. What goes on in a kitty cat candy bar? There are these um, treats that I found at uh, Walmart, and they look like a Hershey bar. Uh But instead of, like, the long rectangular, like, treat parts, there are these little squares. And it looks just like a chocolate bar. And so I break Mm -hmm. him off two pieces and I give them to him. And, like, there's – one of them I have is, like, salmon flavor and another one's, like, chicken. I've got a tuna one. He loves those things. He adores them. And he knows the sound of me opening the little candy wrapper that they come in. The crinkle bag. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So if I ever needed – Marshy loves the uh, Tiki Cat – single serve like treats yeah yeah and like it's like the it's not like a pate but it's like uh it's wet mm-hmm. and she hears that she goes ape shit yeah like more like a baby food kind of yeah like, the yeah. mush yeah. yeah sam likes the the stuff like that comes in like this gogurt looking tube yeah. yeah yeah and sam really likes those but bucky loves his kitty cat candy bars so I feed him kitty cat candy bars. So Sam likes them too, but only on occasion. So, all right. You guys ready? Yes. All righty. So, so you guys are, um, you went to sleep for the evening. Some of you reading, some of you staring at your shinies and Jazara's case setting up, you know, an alarm system and then pretty much just going straight to sleep because she's, has no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, and so she wants to make sure she's well-rested for it. And uh, though she does spend a little bit of time um, cleaning up her bow and everything, so, and uh, the arrows, because she had collected the arrows that she had fired and uh, some of the ones that she'd gotten off of that uh, wimpy dude who'd just given up because he dropped all his arrows. She had spent time inspecting them and making sure they were up to snuff and then uh, putting them and adding them to her own quiver. Um. And uh, so you guys, you know, you wake up pretty early in the morning, um, as is typically routine for all of you, because, you know, in the Nameless City, you guys all had a lot of responsibilities and things like that. Um, So you wake up in the morning, you go down, you know, you get yourselves cleaned up again, and uh, you go downstairs, eat your breakfast and everything like that. Is there anything you wanted to do in the morning before you set out? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, as you guys are eating breakfast, then um, Jazara will ask the bartender where Croker Cave is exactly, mm-hmm. um, because you guys don't technically know that. And he gives you guys directions of telling you it's like t- towards the west. Um, it's a collection of like hills that and that lead into some caves and stuff like that. And he says you can't miss it because everything else around it's flat. Um, and he says it's probably about half a day away, um, if as long as you don't get lost. But uh, 
it's uh, and he says you can't miss it because the cave opening is surprisingly large. So he gives is you guys the town hall on the way. It could be if you wanted it to be, because um, it doesn't really matter where you exit the town. So you guys could pass by the town hall if you'd like. I just I just want to start my morning with some trauma. That's all. Just want to guppy. All right. So you guys, you know, you finish your breakfast and everything, and you get ready, and you and you leave and as you're walking by uh you pass by the town hall um which is as you look at it and you come up to it it's one of the larger buildings in town um it's one of the only two-story buildings in town mind you um and it has a large set of like wooden double doors one of which is open um there's quite a few people around you can see glass blades walking around um there's a lot of chatter going on. This is the most interesting thing, what happened last night with Pelk. It's one of the most interesting things that's happened in Pale Bank in a very long time. Um, and uh, there's some couple of people, couple of glass blades standing outside the door. There's a couple of villagers um, who are around and who are chatting with one another. And uh, some people who are carrying stuff to and fro. Uh, some carrying like boards of wood and stuff like that off in the direction of Pelk's. So you think maybe they might go, be going to like board the place up. And stuff like that. Um, but there's quite a few people walking around the uh, town hall. What would you like just, to do? Just from looking inside, can I see where... Like, is, is the guy from la from last night mm -hmm. the prisoner? Um, is he still there? So as you, as you kind of like walk by, you're kind of doing that like the way Swan people look at a car just... crash. But like uh -huh. as they're driving, like real, real slow and kind of subtle, but not really... Uh, kind of look, and uh, as you look in, you can see Elro. He's in there, along with some other people. And uh, there's on the table, there there's a, a large table that's in there, and there's a sheet covering it, and it's fairly large. And you think that's probably uh, for Elk, uh, okay. the way it's covered. Um, but besides, you gonna roll the dice? Thank you. But besides mm -hmm. him, mm -hmm. some villagers and stuff like that, and some glass plates, you do not see the armor prisoners. Oh, boo. Walking on. Okay. So you guys keep going. Um, Jazara is going to uh, take the lead to lead you guys out. And um, thank you for all of your all of your help. I know you're having so much fun rolling D20s. Uh, Bucky's <laughs> on my desk. But, uh, and he rolled a 14. So. Good boy. For you, baby. Um, he adds a million to his charisma check. Just so you know. But uh, it is impossible to resist. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, but uh, you guys start walking out of town and everybody can give me a let's do a nature check today. Seventeen. Fourteen. All right. Which is our roll day. Natural 20. So as you guys are going on um no issues you know you're headed in the in the direction of what they talked about because um the dwarf for the inn did step outside of the inn to like point you guys in like the, the direction of where to go and stuff like that and what to look for it takes you guys a while you're walking you know it's it's chilly but luckily there's no snowfall or anything like that um one of you roll me a d6 Four. Four? Okay. Um, as you wander along, you uh, 
Um, but as you're walking along, you know, there's uh, not really anything going on. You hear little, like, chirping noises off to the side. And as you guys are walking through some snow, mostly just, like, paying attention to yourselves and stuff like that and, like, keeping an eye out for stuff. And um, Who would be behind Jazara walking? Asha. Yeah. Because I imagine right. you're going, you're walking around, like, you're looking. You're, you know, you're you're just kind of enjoying being outside. Yep. Okay. That's fine. Um, I like how but, I usually act when we're out. Where we're out. Mm-hmm. But you guys, all three of you will hear this, um, but you hear, like, little uh, chirps, little yipping noises, and a, probably a good 50 yards away, but coming up over one of the uh, little dunes of snow, is a little family of arctic foxes. Who are like the little ones are like chasing each other and they chase each other like over the hill and stuff like that. And there's like a couple more like adult ones that are there. And you can tell it's like a little family unit. And they just, and you watch them as you guys walk and as they run along and they play and they tumble through the snow a little bit. And they get up and they chase each other around and all that. And so, so you have, cute. you have some, uh, a little bit of entertainment of watching them walk. And then they probably go parallel to you for probably about half an hour, just having some fun they don't really you're far enough away that they don't seem to care like the, you can mm-hmm. tell like the parents like clock you right but you're not doing anything to them they're not doing anything to you and as long as you maintain your distance they just kind of continue on for a little while okay mm-hmm. yeah so they're adorable have to have company yeah and you guys just kind of watch them and it's just really interesting too just to see animals of the surface because it's all pretty new to you guys. Like, there's a couple that Jazara's seen here and there, but it's the most part new to all of you. So, um, you walk on for a couple more hours. Um, uh, Val, go ahead and roll me a d6. Four. Another four? Mm -hmm. Uh, Roll me, roll it again. Roll it again. Four! Three. Okay. <laughs> it's just like an army of foxes and babes. Um, okay, three. So you guys are walking along for the most part. And uh, interestingly enough, as you go, there is a small, like, frozen lake to one side. Uh, Jazaro is going to lead you. She's like, let's, we're going to go around this. It doesn't, it's not hard to go around it. It's just going. it's a very small detour Mm -hmm. um but uh, you guys do go around it and as you walk by it um you can see like large shadows like weaving in and out of the ice as you go by it uh you're not close enough to like that you are worried about stepping on any of the ice but you can see that close to the underneath the ice is some large creatures swimming around underneath it as you walk by big fishies big fishies and Jazara points out, and she's like, "Cause it is, it, it's, uh, it's a, it's an actual lake, but like, it's not a huge lake." Um, and she points out, and she's like, "I wonder if that lake connects somewhere else. Creatures that big can't survive in something that small. Either that, or it's a really fucking deep lake." Jazz, go diving. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll pass. Thanks. I think we've got business to attend to, and uh, none of it's getting eaten by fish. Pretty sure I came close enough to that when we escaped the Underdark. Don't want to be fish food? Not today. Okay. Not well, today. See, how, see how I feel after we uh, deal with whatever the hell's in this cave. <laughs> well, we're more likely to be frog food anyway, so, you know, let's, let's oh, save fair. ourselves for that. That's fair. 
You guys Just keep going. Just I want to go out being frog food. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Zara says that in a way that just guarantees it's just not going to be fun, and she knows it. Um, but you walk along for a little while longer. Um, it's getting closer to probably about 10 or 11 at this point. You know you're getting close. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to have everybody roll me perception checks to try and find what you're looking for here. Twelve. Uh, combined, it's twenty. Twenty. Um, and uh, Jazara got a whole eight, so woo! Um, it's a good thing Ash knows what she's doing. Uh, but Ash, as you're like looking around, you do start to notice like uh, a series of hills like coming up in the distance, and uh, you can you guys use that to navigate your path because you there's nothing else around but like some snow dunes and stuff like that. And some trees here and there, but that is the only thing that, like, stands above, like, the the line of the ground. And uh, so you guys start making your way towards that. And as you uh, as you approach, you can, you can start to see where the formation of a surprisingly large cave mouth is in effect. And um, how do you want to approach the cave? Val just wants to throw one fish in the cave and see if it does anything. Maybe well, at this we point, you're probably, like, 40 yards away from it. Okay. So. Mm. I say maybe approach it like coming at an angle so we're not like just dead on walking down the barrel of that (laughs) cave and Jazara will say that's probably a good idea we could maybe uh, approach it a bit from the left and uh, come Mm. up along the side and we can listen in to it first before we do decide to do anything as we go Um, yay Look at that. And uh, it's like fairly into like the uh, the rocks itself, but uh, you can look at it and you uh, guys start to maneuver your way a little bit through the trees that are around the side so you can approach it to the left and uh, you guys will start to move around to the side so you can uh, listen in. Does it sound like a plan? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So, uh, Jazara will approach the front. Uh, who's going to be behind Jazara? Me. You? Okay. Put you back over there. And then Asha probably right about there. And, uh, so you guys kind of, like, approach, and, uh, all of you do a perception check. Sixteen. Six, sixteen, and Jazara gets a thirteen. Um... Nobody hears anything. Like, it's pretty quiet. You can hear, like, the faint little dripping of, like, cave, you know, cave water falling and stuff like that. And you know there's supposed to be, like, pools of water in there. Um, but that's the uh, most that you hear. You don't really hear anything else going on. So, um, all of you, for the record, just as we go into this cave, have dark vision. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you lived in the Underdark. You can see very well in the dark. Everything right. is in grayscale when you're in complete darkness. Um, but you can all see very, very well. I think Ash is the one who has just, like, stupid amount of dark vision. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, 300 feet. Yeah. You have dark vision to 300 feet. Uh, uh, Jazz has it to, I believe, 90 feet, and Val, you have it to 60 feet. Mm-hmm. So, um, you guys, Jazara's gonna, like, slip forward, and she's gonna, like, peek in. 
and I'll roll another perception check for her. And it's not very high, but as she's looking in, like she doesn't, she doesn't see anything. It's just rock by the looks of it, and uh, like kind of like an entrance way as you go into it. And she'll she'll lean back, and she's like, "You guys ready for this?" I pull out my dagger. I pull out my I'm... fish. You pull out your fish. I pull out my dagger. I pull out my fish. Okay. And write that one down. <laughs> That's the tagline for the episode. Absolutely. <laughs> Holy Lord. Okay. <laughs> I am unsurprised. <laughs> She's ready to feed the froggies. Honestly. No. Both Jazara and Misty are unsurprised. <laughs> I'm now currently worried about um, if we get into an, any kind of actual like adventure type situation in the future. I'm cataloging these responses of what Ani does so that I am aware of the things I will have to compensate for should at some point any kind of wild adventure things happen to us in the future. We will yep. be going to Forks at some point, and I feel like at some point if we encounter a bear or a moose <laughs> or something, you're going to have the wrong response to it. <laughs> I'm 100% going to have the, the wrong The worried response. look she on Erin's face tells me it occurs to her too, okay? No, she, no she, any animal she's going to approach. That's, that's fine. 10 10 will die petting something I should not. Yeah, and like I'm aware of that. It doesn't make me less worried now. So there we go. Um, so you guys start to like slip into the cave and everything. It's very dark. Um, there's a little bit of light coming through from the entrance and everything. You walk probably about twenty feet into the cave. Um, at mm -hmm. this point, and it's starting to get darker. Obviously, it doesn't really bother you guys that much because you do still have dark vision. Um, as you step into it, uh, you do uh, start to hear like more and more drops of water as you go, and uh, you eventually get to the edge of what is a pool of water. It's probably, it's fairly large, um, certainly large enough that you know you can't jump across it, and I believe it is 20 feet across. Yeah. So it's 20 feet across um, from one end to the other, the end that you're standing on to where you can see where the lake, the little pond ends on the other side. And on the other side, um, go ahead and give me perception checks, everyone. 11. Seventeen. Seventeen. Um, you guys see on the other side, kind of like propped against a wall, uh, it, like laying lengthwise, is a very large but sturdy looking board. And you think, judging by how long it is, the people of this cave might put it across the pond in order to walk across without getting into the water. So, like, there's likely somebody who's always in the cave that distributes the board back and forth. Okay. So, uh, Jazara will kind of, like, look at the water. She's <gasps> like... this, And, like, she doesn't touch the water, but she puts her hand, like, above the surface. She's like, if we get into this water... It's gonna be fucking freezing. 
we'd be really lucky if we do, between the weather outside and this water, we'd be really lucky if we don't get sick. We need to figure out how to get at least one of us on the other side of that and without getting in this water. Man, I wish I could fly. Couldn't she use her My hand? Mage hand? Yeah, to pick it up and put it down. How heavy is the board? I can only oh, pick up five pounds. Yeah. Um, Jazara's gonna examine the wall for a second. And uh, she gets uh, 17 for her survival check as she examines the wall. She's like, I think I could climb across this wall. Like, I could climb over using the wall. Uh, if this is, like, the frogs are supposed to live in these ponds. So, if I'm quiet enough, I think I could get probably to the other side without hopefully without waking any of them but I could give it a shot I've got six fish to distract them with so you got six tries alright well if you uh, don't throw any in yet because until you see one because if it Save sees me then reserve. you can distract yeah you like if you see one distract it but if you don't if I can do it quiet enough to get across then that would can save the fish and I can shove the board over to you guys. The board might make enough noise that you might have to, we might see some at that point, but uh, hopefully I can get across without making any noise. Go scale that wall, spider monkey. Oh, and that's two. <laughs> <clears throat> she kind of looks at you and she says, um, look, I know when we were kids, we all saw the puppet play Twilight, uh, but... Play. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's, it was bad then, girl. Like, it doesn't need to, we're in a life-threatening situation. Don't make me want to jump in the pool with all the frogs. <laughs> Gotta lighten it up somehow, damn. <laughs> and right before she goes to climb on the wall, she leans into Valkaria and says, This is the skin of a killer, Valkaria. <laughs> Val is trying not to snort in laughter and wake up the, 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 the toads. Yeah. Um, so she's going to quietly uh, try to climb across. She gets a 17 on her stealth, which I will roll for the perceptiveness of toads. That sounds like a book title, doesn't it? Perce the, the, perceptiveness the perceptiveness of, of toads. toads, yeah. The toads only get an 11. Um, but she's gonna quietly uh, make her way across, and she has to do a strength check to do it without falling in. And uh, <sighs> she's very careful. She does it very as slowly as possible. There's a, an instance in which, like, her foot starts to slip, and she has to hold on like really tight. And uh, it's very cold and very slippery, so she goes very slowly across. And she'll have to do another one. 17 for that one so she she does like very carefully and very stealthily like make it across and she eventually like pops down to the other side um the thing is is when she pops to the other side and the further away she gets the harder she is to see even though you guys have dark vision but as she gets like engulfed and like there's no light she vanishes you cannot see her at all asha asha i can't see her she's you know she's hanging in there hold on there's no no giant splash yet. And uh, you hear like some oh, some shuffling and then a scraping sound. It's And uh, I'll roll for her to see how quiet she is. 
it's another 17. Um, she's as quietly as possible starting to push the board like across the water. Um, and uh, Val, as it gets closer, you can like use your mage hand to keep it from like, mm-hmm. dipping into the water too much. You can't pull it really, right, but you but can I use can it as leverage. Yeah. Yeah, and she's going to do a strength check to make sure she can push the damn thing all the way over. Yeah, she, it's a natural 20. She shoves that thing and it just <laughs> slides. Uh, it slides right across. And now you have about this two foot wide board and it's about 20 feet long uh, across the water. And now you have okay, to cross so- it. Okay, she's not dead. She's not dead. There she is. And you still can't see her. Asha, you want to go first into the darkness, dark pit? Sure. Can I crawl? How wide is the board? How wide is the board? Two feet. Okay, we're going slow. Do not push me. Okay. You guys going to do it one at a time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe she should be kind of close to me just because she can't see as far into the... Okay, I, I won't be too. I won't be too far behind you. Yeah, she yeah, can still like... see sixty feet. So technically, and you can see three hundred feet. Technically, you should both be able to see Jazara on the other side of that lake, and you mm-hmm. cannot. Okay. So you can see the other side of the lake. You can't see Jazara. That's great. We're going slow. Ready? And shuffle, 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 shuffle. Yep. So you're going at the same time. She's a little bit behind me. How far apart do you guys want to be? Five feet. Yeah. Five feet. Okay. Um, you. I'm gonna do a perception check for the toads that are in there. The toads. And both of you roll me stealth check. Ten. Fifteen. Okay. Um, as you're shuffling it along, you probably make it about five feet. And then you hear a little bubbling noise, and then you see the top of one of the frogs kind of like pokes out of the water and is looking at you. Asha, don't move. Stop. I have stopped. It's fish time. <laughs> okay. okay. You're gonna toss the one of the. Oh fish? yeah. Okay. Here, little ice toads. I'm gonna have fishies. You. Roll me an animal handling check with advantage. So roll two d20s and take the higher one. 17. 17? Okay. Uh, You toss the fish to it, and before that fish hits the water, that tongue comes right out, catches that fish, it goes in its mouth, and it looks at you, and then it slowly sinks back under the water. Happy feeding. Asha, go. And you guys shuffle, 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 shuffle. And uh, make me one more stealth check. Six. Thirteen. Thirteen. Um, another frog does, like, raise itself up. And this time it kind of, like, bumps against the wooden thing as it gets pretty close Whoa. to you. Probably about three or four feet from you. Hold your horses, Ice Toad. I have more fish. Hang on. You throw another fish? Yep. All right. Uh, animal handling uh, with advantage. 14. 14. Uh, it sticks its tongue out to catch it, and uh, it doesn't go back down like it eats, but it continues to watch you as you guys are standing there. You can continue to move on in if you'd like, yeah. but it's gonna. Yeah. It's probably about four feet away from you in the water, and it's watching you. Well, I'll have Asha continue moving forward. Um, do we know if the ice toads are attracted to sound? 
you would assume that sound is what woke them up as you guys okay. were shuffling along. Um, I'm, oh, I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to try. Um, and I'm, whatever she's about to do, I'm going to start speeding away as <laughs> quietly as I can. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to start shuffling. I hear her brain turning. <laughs> I'm going to start shuffling towards Asha, like in the direction of like the other side of the pond. Okay. And I will I'm say at to... this point, uh, Val is at the 10, is about the halfway point. So it's about 10 feet. Um, and Asha, you are about five feet away from the other end where Jazara went. All right, so I got one hand holding a fish, okay. the third one, mm-hmm. and I got my tail swishing to make the j- clattering of the, the teeth bracelet. Okay. Just to see which one it's gonna go for, and as I'm just eye contact with the fish in one hand, as I shuffle across. It sinks under the water, and then comes back up directly in front of your board. And it's just staring directly at you. You want the fishy? As I clear the board. <laughs> Is it fish time? Okay, well, here's the third one. Don't don't eat me. And you give it you give it the fish. I just give it. The fish. it. That tongue comes so you barely have dropped that fish, and that tongue comes out, and it it kind of like graces against your hand, and before it snatches the fish. And so roll me another animal handling check with advantage. Five. Um, it has not moved. And it will bump the board. And I want you to do an acrobatics check not to fall in the water. Six. Alright. Um, <laughs> Ashley, you're about five feet <coughs> away from the end. And all of this is going on behind you. And you've, like, you're starting to, like, crawl as fast as possible. And the <laughs> board, like, jerks. And uh, before you can even think about maybe falling in the water, like, hands that you can't see grab you and yank you forward off the board. Whoa! <laughs> and you hear a shh. Be quiet. And you recognize Jazara's voice. You just don't see her. Jazz? What the yeah? fuck? Yeah? What the fuck? What? Yeah, what? Something grabbed me! It's me! And you like you can hear her <laughs> right next to you, but you do not see her. Where... You? Where are you? Oh, oh, shit. Hang on. And you see, like, this shimmer of, like, purple magic, and she comes back in. She's like, sorry. Uh, it's just, it's just a, a magic thing. And, uh... Don't for... do invisible magic in the dark. I can't see it when you do invisible I can't, magic. I can't help it. It just happens. It's just one of the things they taught me how to do in my family. And, uh, for mechanical Stop standpoint... bickering um, and help me with this ice toad! Give it a second. Uh, as a mechanical standpoint, Jazara is a Gloomstalker Ranger, and when Gloomstalker Rangers are in complete darkness, they are invisible to creatures with dark vision. Okay. So she can, I am mechanically making it so that she can make herself visible to specific creatures, as in the two of you. Okay. Um, and also if she goes unconscious, she becomes visible to everyone. Um, but, uh, well, let me restate that. When she's unconscious, as in she drops to zero hit points, not when she sleeps. Um, she can be visible to the two of you at will. It, it doesn't specify any of that, but it would be really annoying with the amount of time you guys spend in the dark, uh, and especially being from the Underdark, if she was just literally invisible to everyone all the time. Because literally no one in the city would be able to see her. So that doesn't make any fucking sense. So, um, 
but to everyone else who has dark vision and is in the dark, they cannot see her. So even if you guys encounter people who can see in the dark, like an elf or something in the future, uh, or in this cave, they will not see her. They will see you. So, which will also be terrifying when the darkness just starts shooting arrows at them. Um, but you guys uh, kind of, uh, well, you, Asha and Jazara are standing there. You can see Jazara once again. Um, she's still invisible to like other people besides you and uh, Val in the darkness. But uh, it is about that point that you hear a splash as Valkaria goes tail first into the water. Uh, <laughs> we're and gonna have uh, to get her, aren't we? And I'm cold, 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 cold. Get me out of the cold! And Jazara's going to say, shush! Cold or cold? Shut up! I don't know. is going to loudly whisper shout, shut up! You're going to attract more attention, Let damn it! Then swim, damn it! And I will say... I, I've never heard swimming like that. Um... Val, you're going to have to make me a constitution saving throw. So, what's the saving throw again? Constitution. Okay. Tw natural 20 plus 2. Natural 20. 20, okay. Look, you're cold. You're real fucking cold. However... It's in this submerged, like, coldness you feel inside of you. It's not often that your tiefling nature, like, starts to come into play. But your crystal around your neck starts to glow. And you feel the magic of your shadow magic inside of you start to glow. And all of a sudden, as cold as that was before, you feel, like, the icy tundra that exists in you from your magic just kind of spread out over you and then you're just not cold. Your magic kind of like pulses through your body and warms you from the inside and the cold no longer seems to bother you for this minute as you make your way to the edge and- uh, At this point you stop hearing me flail and scream and you're guessing you're a little worried. A little and like Jazara is gonna go to the edge and once she sees you she's gonna like help pull you out of the water. And uh, she's like, are you, are you all right? It's like, shit, you've got to be fucking freezing. Mm. Surprisingly, I feel pretty good, but uh, I do not have plans on diving today. Let's, mm. let's not have any other ones either. Like, geez. Um, and she's going to look at um, Asha. She says, Asha, you have the uh, uh, sacred flame cantrip, right? Can you like produce flame yeah. and help dry her off? Sure, let's do that. Mm -mm. So you summon some fire into your hands, kind of like Whoosh. move your hands around her. It's just like a very fast working hair dryer. <sighs> and it kind of like, it kind of warms you up and dries you off. Wax you're on. not like completely wax, wax dry. Wax you're not like completely dry, but like your outer layers are all have for the most part <clears throat> dried off. It takes you guys like a couple minutes of doing that. And while you're doing that, just... Jazara has like shuffled you guys down and like to the cave so she can keep an eye on um, both sides of the cave for you. Mm -hmm. um, and the perception checks that I did roll because of the noise you made uh, were garbage with a uh, 
nine and a 13. So <laughs> y'all are fine. Um, but uh, Jazara says, are you good? You all right? What the hell? I'm good. <laughs> I was cold. I'm fine. Just a little wet. As long as you're all right. I'm kind of annoyed. I thought well, the fish were supposed to make him happy. I mean, to be fair, they didn't really attack you. So, seems to have done something. You still have the other three fish? Yes. And you do. They're still there. She's keeping them. <laughs> In her boobs, yeah. She's it... keeping them by her boobs, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, it, specifically, it looks like around like her bra strap area, and I don't know what to do with that information, and I don't think I want to. Wouldn't so. it smell? Oh, Wouldn't absolutely. It smell? Oh, You've got a very distinct fishy smell coming from you now, Val. Um, but uh, you are mostly dry now, not entirely, but mostly dry. Uh, you, you know, you had to take your shoes off and like, dry your socks off so you don't get frostbite on your toes. And you don't freeze your tail off, too. Um, but not you were now... Now met as you're standing there and you're looking <clears> at <throat> two separate paths into the cave. One of which is a is a more narrow but pretty straightforward looking pathway, and the other one, um, if you would like to look at it, please give me a perception check to look down. Seven. Seven. Um, you don't really hear anything, but as you like, you do step forward to like listen. There's a lot of bat feces all over the floor that you do step in a little and it's gross, gross. Mm. and you realize this is probably the, the direction of where the bats are and I, for, I don't i don't need guano yeah because for i bat, work is for, in the healing uh with the healers i know that bat guano can be kind of toxic so i'm going to recommend everybody take out a little bit of fabric whatever you got put it over your mouth don't breathe it okay and like Jazz will do that. And, yes, ma'am. Uh, this tunnel over here on the map, <clears throat> with the like the <clears throat> terrain on the ground, that's the batty area, and then the smoother looking one is the tunnel that goes south. Yeah, let's so, not go in the batty tunnel. Uh, so you guys are going to continue to move south. Yes. Yeah. All right, and you move south, I'll and as you that. do, gonna kind of you're very careful not to like uh, make too much noise and everything like that and I want everybody to give me a stealth check as you come across this new area 13 13 14 okay. 13 14 and a grand old six okay so Jazara doesn't do very well it is a group check though and you guys do pass um, and as you approach you can faintly hear three people talking with one another, a dwarf and two elves, and they have this giant uh, ice frog, and you can watch them, and they're feeding it, and trying to give it commands as if to teach it. Mm. Kind of like training a dog, and they're throwing, like, what you can see is not fish, but bats, and they're throwing bats at it to try and teach it to do stuff for it. And um, they're all wearing very similar clothes as to the people that you saw in pelks and everything like that, and... Uh, they're very. They're just focused on uh, on just training this this frog. And uh, Jazara says, "We can probably, if we're very quick about it, we can uh, surprise them. 
You guys want to attack, or why? <laughs> because if they see us, they'll probably attack us first. Should we try caution first, or what do you we want to do? Want to talk to them first? Howdy, stranger. Um, no. <laughs> um, we shouldn't do what I was just thinking of doing. What were you thinking of doing? Just. Valkaria's already had enough because she's been dumped in the ice cold water, so she just wants to go in screaming with her staff held high and just ah! scare him away. Let's not do that because if there's more, they'll come running. And we're with we're already outnumbered if you include the frog. So <laughs> And I only have three fish. Exactly. So, how do you guys want to do this? Fine, I'll be quiet. <laughs> yeah, maybe try and squeak past them? It does, once you leave like this tunnel space, it opens up quite a bit. Um, it's it's a pretty open space. It's probably about, it's actually, it's probably about uh, 40 feet deep and maybe about 15 feet wide at the widest point. There's a uh, sunken in little, another puddle area, like a large a large puddle area, but you think that's where that ice frog is from. And there's like a bucket next to one of the elves and it's got, it's full of like, you can tell there's bats in it. And uh, the dwarf is over there just throwing bats to it, trying to give it commands while the two elves are just more or less not interested in what they're, what's going on. Um, there's a couple of like stalagmite and stalactite pillars that are coming up out of the ground and out of the ceiling and stuff like that. Not enough to really give you cover if you wanted to try and sneak past them. Um, but uh, if you could give it a shot if you wanted to, but there's not really much to hide behind if you try it. Jazz, you want to shoot your arrow at the dwarf's butt? Maybe a more she diplomatic approach. It oh. won't see her. She can go invisible. I mean, that's... And Jazara will look at you and she's like, that is fair. If it's just me, they can't see me because of my abilities. I... Do you want me to try and go in further and maybe get off some shots? And see I what say happens? yes. I say try that because I... Uh, I wonder if I can... Uh, use mage hand and just lift the fish and like try to get the frog's attention away from like and lead it towards the elves you know to like just go towards them and not do what it, the dwarf wants it to do okay they're very food motivated I'm guessing okay uh, Jazara's like I mean they won't see me even if I walk <laughs> right up to them but uh, because we're in pretty much complete darkness there's only like one torch kind of like hanging off Mm -hmm. to the side close to like where the uh, pond is but it's not enough to illuminate all the space and you know that elves and dwarves all have dark vision so like they don't really need any light mm -hmm. either um but uh, you think that maybe because the bucket is right there with the bats in it that maybe they're using it to try and uh, attract the bats so how um, heavy is that bucket of bats it's a fairly decent sized bucket. It's a full, at the very least. Like, it's the bucket's probably like a foot and a half, but it is full of like probably 15 bats. So, so it's heavier than five pounds. Yeah, it would be heavier okay. than that. Jazar said, I mean, I can risk it, but you just gotta promise that if it goes sideways, you're gonna kick some ass. Mm. Yes. You wanna, mm -hmm. you wanna yes. do that? Sure. 
I'm in a fucking mood. All right. And she's like, no, shush. And uh, Jazara is going to venture on her own into the cave. And she's going to do a little stealthy stealth. And uh, she gets a 15. And I'll do these guys' passive perception. Because they're not looking for anyone. The, yeah. Yeah, she easily... Their passive perception is only 10. Um, so she's going to kind of go over here, position herself between, like, two areas of, like, stalactites and stalagmites so she can duck behind them if she needs to. Um, and she's gonna shoot at one. So, and, uh, she's gonna be real mad if she dies, just for the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. While you're, gonna... while you're here, I'm using my mage hand to guide a fish towards the water. To do that, you will have to guide it. Your mage hand is invisible. The fish right. isn't. I know. It's I a know. flying fish now. Yes. You have a floating fish in the air. Yeah. Okay. And so because I'm guessing because the two elves haven't noticed, because they mm-hmm. just don't want to be here. Yeah. The toad has noticed. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. No. First of all, I want the toad to notice. You need to roll me a stealth check. That's going to uh, be better than their passive perception. <laughs> okay. Uh, four. Four? Yeah, okay. The elves noticed the floating fish. <laughs> but Jazara acts first, and uh, she rolled a 19 to hit. So she's going to hit uh, one of the elves. And she's go- first, she's going to cast a Hunter's Mark on one of them. That is one of her spells. And it allows her, when she does damage, to roll an additional d6 dice with it. So she's going to... She hits it with a 19 plus 7. And she does... 12 plus... She does 15 points of damage to one of the elves, and that immediately takes that elf down. (laughs) Bye, loser. Now, I want both of you to roll initiative, because if you're going to do things, you gotta have Seven. Six. Jenna's got a 25. <laughs> Jazara gets a shot off, just like that. That elf goes right through, like, between the shoulder and, like, the collarbone, and that elf just fucking drops. And uh, now we start at the top of the round, which is, once again... Jazara. So she's going to fire another one this time at the uh, dwarf. Ooh, just hits. Which is good. Um, so she's going to roll another 13. That's 13 points of damage. And she hits that dwarf and that dwarf is down. <laughs> and she's going to duck around uh, some of the stalagmites so that because uh, uh, like they could tell where the arrows were coming from because they could see the arrows. But uh She's going to duck around so she's not in the same spot anymore. And the elf that's here is like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> and uh, the frog is starting to get pretty agitated, just for the record. Um, the dwarf bandit is dead. And that makes it the frog's turn. And the frog <laughs> starts croaking very loudly. And it starts to, like, flop over here. Um, but Val, you had put a fish out and it also 
Let me roll a perception check for the frog. It's also food motivating. <laughs> you do, it does see the fish, so like it kind of like, at this point your mage hand has like made it towards the frog, and it's just kind of like staring at your fish, and a little more occupied with that. Like it knows technically because of its training, it needs to go deal with this, but like, it's staring at the fish as you hover it in the air over this one. And the uh, and the bandit, the elf bandit, is just like, it's just like, go, go, go get whoever that is. And we have an intruder, intruder. And the frog is just focused on the fish. And, um, the elf is the frog's third favorite. Uh huh. And uh, Ashley, it is now your turn. Can um, I hang on before Ashley goes? Can I slap the the fish across the elf's face? No, it's not your turn yet. Oh damn it! Okay. Uh, let's see, what should I do? I'm gonna move forward, first of okay. all. And then, um... Where do you wanna move towards? I guess we should move to- I'll, I'll move towards the elf. Uh, okay. with my, uh, dagger at the ready. You wanna get closer than this? Uh, sure. Yes. Okay. You can get, like, right up on this frog and this elf if you want. Okay, that's that's good. I'm because I, I'm a better distance thrower, so uh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, and I'm gonna wing that dagger into that frog. Into the frog, okay. Go ahead yes. and uh, roll me a uh, d20 plus three for your dagger attack. Ten total. Ten. It you missed the frog. Damn. The frog has a twelve armor class. Um, but it it like. Valkaria just happens to like sway the fish like to one side as you're doing this and the frog kind of like sways with the fish to follow it and you miss uh, with the dagger. Val, that is a trained killer frog! Exactly! Kill it! (laughs) (laughs) I have a better idea. No, it's not gonna be a pet! She's like, well, you never know. Oh, um, God, they're getting a frog. <laughs> they're they're very large. They're several feet large. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, okay, so that was you. Now it's the elf's turn, and the elf is going to go try and figure out where the fuck uh, Val is. Well, it does <laughs> see you. Like it, it, the elf is going to kind of stand here where it can still mm-hmm. see where you are, but looking for the other intruder, and uh, does not see uh, Valkaria. Or not Valkyrie, Jazara. Doesn't see Valkyrie either because she's still standing back there. Um, but because can't see, Jazz is going to shoot an arrow at you, Asha. An 18 to hit you, girl. Mm. So it, that hits. Owie. Yeah. Uh, for only five points of damage, though. That's not bad. And then, Val, it's your turn. Alright, now I'm going to use my mage and slap that guy across the face of the fish. Okay, do you want to move closer at all? You don't have uh, to. No. Um, okay. Can I, after I slap him with the fish, can I try to shove it in his mouth with my mage hand? You can do one or the other. Slapping it, I'll let you do one. <clears throat> I'll let you do one d4 damage if you hit. Uh, shoving it in its mouth is going to do literally nothing but shove a fish in its mouth. Well, I was hoping that if I shove a fish in its mouth, the frog will totally attack him. You can do an animal handling check to try that if you would like. Okay, I want to try that. 
Okay. Um, roll me a d20 plus three, as we've done with your mage hand, to see if you can shove this fish in this elf's mouth. Ten. Ten? No. No. You smish a dead fish <laughs> against this elf's face and get dead fishy smell and slime scales all over its face. <laughs> that is all you achieve. <laughs> and he just gives you this look like, really, bitch? The frog oh. is just staring at this, and it's just still focused on the fish. <laughs> and uh, Jazara is over there, invisible to the elf, but not to you. And she's just like, what the fuck are you doing? She's not saying anything, but she's waving at you like, what the fuck is happening right now? And I almost can't stop myself from looking at the elf and, like, apologizing. Like, sorry, she's she's different. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And the elf is just like, oh, 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 like rubbing sliminess <laughs> off their face as you just smish this dead fish all over. Oh my god. Um, anything else on your turn? I don't think you have. No, can I do the animal handling one and see if the frog will go? No, you've now? already shoved a fish in its fi- on this person's face. <laughs> then that was that was your thing. Okay. So, uh, back at the top of the order, uh, is Jazara, who's just, like, looks at Ash and throws her hands up, like, I... And she has decided to try and put this elf out of its misery. Um. Can you imagine this is the last thing you see before you die? God, that would be... Uh, 13 to hit, hit. She's going to... She's going to attack this elf. Her glasses just got stuck up on her forehead. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, and she does 10 points of damage to this elf, which really fucks up this elf between getting slapped in the face <laughs> with a fish and then getting an arrow directly to the back. This elf looks fucked. This elf looks very unhappy. Um, it is now the frog's turn. Now, Valkaria, if you would like to roll me a pure luck check, so just roll me a straight d20, a 15 or higher, the frog tries to attack the fish elf. Five. Yeah, no. It hops closer. I'll give you that. Like, it wants the fish. Uh, it's gonna hop a little closer. And that's all that happened. <laughs> Asha, what would you like to do, dear? Right now I'm a little... whelmed. I don't know if it's overwhelmed or underwhelmed. I, I'm just whelmed at this that's point. Fair. Um, that's fair. response. I also desire to put this poor elf out of its misery. What and would you like to do to do so? I'm gonna pick up my dagger again, and I'm going to try and help him along. <laughs> okay, so give me a uh, roll, d20 plus three. Nine. Nine. Unfortunately, um, the the elf is like wiggling around a bit, like no. moving around, trying to get this fish out of its face, and your dagger just whizzes right past it. It kind of, and like Jazara kind of like moves aside as your dagger like sticks in the wall uh, on the other oh side God. of it. Um, yeah. 
Uh, anything else you'd like to do, dear? Um, cry. That's fair. <laughs> I was gonna say weep, so, you know. Um, the bandit is once again going to try and, uh, well, you know what? It's gonna make a perception check to see if it sees you, Val. It does not. It's a nat- That's a natural one. Um, it's so it's just gonna fire at Asha again. It has some fish goo in his eye. He can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does unfortunately hit you once again. Um, it fires an arrow at the only enemy it can see, and that's Asha, for a grand total of three points of damage, dear. Oh, owie. <laughs> that's gonna suck. Yep. So you have three points of damage going on, and uh, um, which it like it just kind of like it cuts like your arm, but it doesn't like stick mm-hmm. into you at all. Um, and now that's unfortunately Val's turn. Val? Can we trust her? Can, can no. No, we don't. We do not trust her. I'm giving you a turn to do something with, dear. What would you like to do to contribute to the situation? I will say, if you would like to take the fish you've slapped in this elf's face and feed it to the frog, you can try and roll an animal handling check to persuade it. Like, I'll say you can take the fish and, like, lead it over to the water and try to entice the frog just to get back in the water and mind its own business. I don't know what I want to do because I want the frog to attack the elves. What's the fish? Girl. <laughs> do you see the look she's giving me? It's up to you what you do, my girl. But you got oh. five seconds to figure it out. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna take my ma- my mage hand and throw another fish at the elf's face to see if it's. So it's the same fish, just for the record, because you still have the fish, um, and you're just gonna like fling it. Okay. I'm gonna try to slap him across the face again. Are you gonna you gonna try to, you're gonna slap it? Okay, uh, straight d20 plus absolutely nothing. Um, straight d20. <laughs> You once again smish fish just on the top of the head. head. Just just kind of like lightly patting the head with a dead fucking fish. And it slides down. Yeah. And the elf is just like, what the fuck is happening? There's a creature that's You know how I'm starting to root for him. What the hell are you doing? There's a creature that is shooting arrows at this elf that it cannot see. There is a a hand that it cannot see that is slapping it in the face of the fish twice. And both of its companions are instant dead. So, and it is profusely bleeding out, standing in a single fucking hit point. And that's your turn. That's your whole fucking turn. And Jazara's just like, I, I, I... (laughs) I don't know what to do with this. I'm just gonna shoot something. And Jazara shoots the elf and 16 plus seven hits. And it shoots, this elf has one point of damage. She kills this elf and puts this fucking elf out of its misery. And right before she shoots it, she says, I think this is the best thing that can happen to you at this point. And she kills the elf. <laughs> and quite frankly, that's the best fate that elf could have asked for because another round for Valkarhe would not have gone well for this elf. <laughs> <laughs>
and now you're so both stuck there with a frog. <laughs> and Jazara's gonna get a little closer to it so that she can shoot it if necessary. But she's gonna look at Val and she says, at least try to tempt it back in the water. Okay. And it is the frog's turn. And the frog is very interested in this fish that's still hanging around <laughs> and is going to try and take the fish from you. I'm going to let this frog try and take that fish from your mage hand. No, it doesn't. It's, that's a thing. <laughs> it's like shoots its tongue out and like it just slaps into one of the stalagmites on the side. <laughs> Asha? Now there is a bucket of bats there if you would like to try and tempt this uh, frog with something. Or you could just fucking take the fish out of there. <laughs> I'm not gonna deal with that fish. That fish is disgusting. And clearly bad luck. Uh, I'm going to grab the bucket of bats and I am gonna go along the cave wall to around the frog. And okay. I'm just going to stand at the water's edge. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to wave the bat to get okay. attention. And okay. then I'm going to start, and then I'm going to throw it in the water. So hopefully it'll fall. Okay. Um, roll me an animal handling check with advantage. 18. 18? That frog is so focused. You've just thrown a bunch of food at it. I'm not even going to worry about the rest of the turns. That frog with an 18 is just popping itself right back in the water. And I throw the whole goddamn bucket after it. There you go. Yeah. You throw the bucket in and that frog just disappears and you think it's going to have a really good fucking lunch. Peace out, bro. And Jazar is going to walk over to Valkaria. <laughs> what in the name of the Moonweaver was that? What the fuck was that? You didn't do a damn point of damage. You did nothing. You slapped a, an elf in the face with a fish. With a goddamn fish twice. <laughs> what the hell was that? Literally the only person that those enemies could have seen was Asha. If I hadn't taken down two of them, it would have just been Asha and three enemies. And you with a goddamn fish. What the and fuck? Asha is standing, you know, about 20 feet back with the most disapproving look on her face, arms crossed hip cocked out to the side, <laughs> and you can just feel the disappointment radiating across this cavern with just a gentle shake of her head. No words, just feelings. <laughs> just Zara's going to turn around, she's like, and she's Guessing going to walk. that's a no for a grilled fish tonight. Jazar uh. <laughs> doesn't say anything. I'm assuming Asha makes that specific noise. <laughs> and uh, you guys continue on into the cave. And you do come across an area that has like a, a little fire lit and stuff like that. Um, I imagine Ash is probably <gasps> just kind of keeping a little bit of distance between Val. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave that like that. And uh, uh, you've come into this area. It's got a bunch of uh, a surprising number of bedrolls are around it. And there's a lit fire and everything like that. And um, there's a pathway to both. There's two pathways to the north. One of them leads slightly to the left. And you can tell just by where that is. It leads back into the bat area. Um, and then there's a new pathway that leads up to the, uh, in a northeasterly direction. And there's all these bedrolls around. There's some supplies laying around and stuff like that. And uh, a fire going. And um, 
Does Val have anything to say for herself? Out of curiosity? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Val's two companions are much quieter than they were when they entered into this cavern. Um, a little bit of uh, distance, I think, has happened between, like, a physical space between Asha and Valkaria's fish, which I imagine is still in her mage hand as she as it floats next to her. And, uh, yeah, thanks to Asha and Jazara, the <laughs> bandits in the cave have, uh, that you guys encountered have been defeated, and a frog has been returned back to the water with a delicious dinner. Um, and Jazara has uh, perhaps discovered a new, or not Jazara, Valkaria has discovered a new sport of uh, fish slapping. <laughs> and both... Jazara and Asha, as they proceed further into the cave, worry that this is going to be a trend in their future. And both have a horrifying moment of realizing that with Mage Hand, it's possible she may just try to slap every enemy they come across with some miscellaneous object. Or she might just keep those fish. We don't know. In her bra. <laughs> We're gonna ask that she... Uh sleep separately yeah from the rest of us you're gonna start sleeping on the floor girl and uh Ugh. with yeah with um that horrific thought in everyone's <laughs> mind horrific to jazara and asha but perhaps in valkaria's mind a new interesting idea is percolating as she really just thinks of all of the possibilities of mage hands and miscellaneous objects and uh, we're wrong. going to end our session there, I think, on that fishy note. <laughs> the great I have never, comes to a ever heard someone use Mage Hand to slap a bitch in the face with a fucking dead fish. Never. The lobster trap was one thing, but to slap a bitch, not even slap, you smeared a dead fish over someone's face like a fucking worst exfoliating scrub ever. And you have to live with that knowledge now, and you know what? So do I. <laughs> I'm going to find a really disturbing sloppy slap voice to put in there for the fish yes. slap. Yes. And then it has to like make it a little grainy too as it like screeches over the face. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's going to be gross. Whatever the noise is that I put in there is going to be gross. <laughs> so The great yeah. fish debacle. I'm so glad you don't have wings. I can't even imagine what would happen as fish <laughs> fall from the sky. <laughs> no, she'd probably slap people with her wings. <laughs> Attaching fish to the ends of all of them so she can just like multi-fish attack. <laughs> fish throwing, fish throwing, fish throwing, fish. <laughs> I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna reclassify you no longer a shadow sorcerer, you're a fish sorcerer. <laughs> fish monger. 
Valkyria Nikor. Fish this slapper. This is similar to Jurassic Park. I just need to know that. <laughs> just the disappointment <laughs> and ready to go ness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's 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 fair. That's valid. Very valid at this point. Um, yeah, but it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That was funny. That was very funny. That was who? All right. All right. I will give you that. Um. Good lord. Good god. At least our uh, campaign. We can't say that our campaign is not unique. That's fair. I've never seen somebody uh, slap or exfoliate a somebody, an enemy, with a fish. I've never seen somebody exfoliate an, em- an enemy with a fish. That is, um, that's new. I will give you that. Um, good God. Okay. Matt Mercer, this is what we've done with your world. Thank you. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> is Matt Mercer the elf in this uh, scenario? I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. I, no. No, he's he's in a tavern somewhere far away, hopefully. Drinking um, himself into a stupor so he doesn't have to remember this. Oh, good God. I'll, I'll give you credit. That was hilarious. <laughs> if not, I am going to do my best to try and kill you guys in the future so that Valkaria <laughs> has to do something besides slap somebody with a <laughs> I will definitely um, do something chaotic. I'm like that wasn't chaotic, chaotic but also and violent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But also, I'm guessing um, didn't earn any uh, level up points for Fish Gate, Fishtopia. <laughs> Not yet. Fish slap contest. Fishapalooza. <laughs> Fischella. Fischella. <laughs> no, that was like the fish fire festival. The fire fish festival. Mackerel mayhem. Mackerel mayhem. <laughs> yeah. we, got, we got Whoville, the, the big scary from wherever she's from, and then Mackerel. Yeah. Yeah, that elf is forever going to be known as the, the Mackerel elf i believe um yes you have not leveled up just yet so no i well no i i imagine that that went yes i hate to break it to you but only slapping people with fish (laughs) and other inanimate objects doesn't earn you a shit ton of experience points that's sad it earned you a shit ton of humor points though so there is that i'll take it there you go so um but uh yeah the uh your next level up isn't actually that far off so but cool. it's not quite yet <clears throat> not quite yet so um <clears throat> this episode was a lot different than the last one where this one was very heavily combat based whereas the last one was very narrative based and um you guys have any kind of questions or inquiries regarding anything that happened nope why <laughs> I can't answer Why? <laughs> Why? Why not? Well, yeah, that's exactly my whole, the answer. My whole point of doing this was I was hoping that the toad would go towards the elf and chomp on him. And I made him smell like fish twice. 
before he died. <laughs> the elf is one of the people who are training it, and it's aware of its handlers. It's not going to just attack them willy nilly. I if but you maybe would have managed, it smells like fish. If you would have managed to shove that fish in its mouth, I would have given you the opportunity to do an animal handling check to get it to attack. But it is aware of this elf and it had known this elf and was working with this elf. So I wasn't going to let you just do it willy nilly. Oh. Can't wait to tell Hayden about that. <laughs> It'll be, that'll be something. Mm-hmm. Um, Hayden, are you sure you want to join this uh, yeah, campaign right. where we slap people this across the slapping escapade? <laughs> there will be no fish in the Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. There will She'll be other things. I will find something to use my mage hand. Oh, I'm aware because I'm the one who put the things in there and I'm aware of exactly what you're going to use to do it. And I'm already worried. So I have regrets of things that haven't even happened yet. So there's that. Well, since we don't know what's happening, you could still change it. Show oh, no. I'm going to leave it because at the very least it'll be entertaining. So I'm excited. Yes, me too. And uh, that is when we will pick up um, on this wily little escapade of fish slapping, frog napping extraordinaire. Give me more things to use my mage hand to slap people with. Oh, I'm going to have to invent some things to go along with that mage hand. So, because uh, it, it will be interesting in the future. So, um, but yeah, uh, thank you all so, so very much for coming on this wild, wild journey with us uh, <laughs> as we delve further into the campaign. Thank you both so very much for playing and uh, having a, at the very least, a lot of fun. <laughs> Have and a thank you rest being... of the week. I'm gonna. Then on our next session, we're going to teach you what happens when you have to make a new character because the DM killed the character off <laughs> by having it eaten by a giant tuna. That you said a, no more fish. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a fish that fights you. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have a fish eat you. Oh, monstro. For the record, Why? I still have penguin person as a as a sticky note right here, as a sticky note and uh, evil fish. Right <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Dude, she's still writing more. She's adding secret details, but um, you'll find out about later. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So that'll be fun. The, f- the really fun thing is, is a lot of the like really chaotic shit that I've made for the campaign, you all haven't even encountered yet. So, um, and you think this is chaotic? <laughs> it's only yeah, I, I did. I did write a, a a very long list. That list that I told you guys about, that like I showed to my mom, and she's just like, "Wow, <laughs> mm-hmm. you guys haven't even gotten to that yet. Like, you guys mm-hmm. have not even taken part in that yet." So. Uh, you guys have an interesting, in, you know, future ahead of you. So. I'm ready. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys just let me know if you have any questions about anything, especially once you guys like re-listen to the episode. Mm-hmm. 
um, or go over your notes or whatever. But uh, yeah, um, I think that's about it. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is chaotic as fuck, and I love it. Dishy, why are you sleeping? And on that note, good night, everyone. (laughs) Happy fishing. Um, Ani, if I never hear from you again after this moment, I will know it's because as soon as we are done with this, Aaron kills you and buries you in your own backyard. Don't say anything while we're recording, Aaron. It's plausible mm-hmm. deniability on everything. So, mm-hmm. yep. I mean, if she kills me and you don't hear from me, that means you won't be hearing from her because my mom will have killed her. This is true. That's fair. That's and I think your fair. mom could come up with more creative, horrible ways to kill me. Her favorite thing she to right say behind is, me. Oh my god! No, she's behind the glass. Ah! Yeah. But no, uh, her favorite thing is that. Uh, she can drown you in a teaspoon of water. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe that. I fully believe that. All right, gonna... ladies. Good night. Peace out, Girl Scout. Dungeon Peace. Master. Peace. <laughs> Love you. Bye. 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 Hey, everyone. As always, just a little disclaimer here at the end. The Sorry Not Sorry Generation is not affiliated with Matt Mercer. Critical Role, Wizards of the Coast, or any of the other official D&D things. We're just playing around in their world. Um, The music for this episode can be found on tabletop audio or on a serendipitous setting on YouTube. Alrighty. Thank you guys so, so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for more fuckery because we have some serious questions and concerns. It's fish time.